0: Have you done uh any microphone work before Nah, man all right so
1: my my uh my boss tries to do a podcast and he tried to talk me through it but
0: what so yeah you were mentioning your boss uh he's he's into this type of stuff is because you were talking about him uh you told him about my podcast
1: okay so he's 26 years old and he owns his own insurance company. Wow. And he's just, he's he's very uh, savvy kind of guy. And he's uh, putting a lot of effort into the social media stuff.
0: Did that's, I mean, honestly, like, so we're doing this Jiu Jitsu Unravel episode. I'll introduce you here in a moment. Um, but, like, for Jason, when he was on last week, like, I shared that to the gym page. Because it's it's it, it, it then it becomes this multi. It's like content for itself, but it's also content for the gym. So it, it becomes it's like I see. What, you're doing the same thing essentially with you, your business right now, which is insurance. Um, so which I guess which your boss is doing it just like so. Like my podcast is a standalone, doesn't promote my business. You know what I'm saying? So it's it it it's interesting, but it's because it, it's it's going to be its own business eventually.
1: Well. Uh, so i think that uh that's kind of the whole thing is it's like is it's uh your your own imprint is its own business
0: that's uh well and we've had several conversations about this creating and we'll follow up on that so let's well, do real quick so <laughs> introduce you to the audience recently promoted black belt in jujitsu very recently josh bishop um Thanks for taking the time. We uh, you came down, hit up uh, Luke. Nate's calling me. I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to text. I wonder if he. I, I bet he's in town. Wouldn't that be cool if he's in town <laughs> yes! to stop by? I'll text he him here in a door. second. When, um oh, his mom lives here in town. She's a counselor. So
1: small world here in Arkansas. Yeah,
0: it really is, man. And like you got here in two hours, right? <laughs> yeah, about, you live in yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about being here in Arkansas. How well, okay. So you're from Virginia, I am, where which there's seven presidents from Virginia, seven presidents at least, right? It, it's, it, I forget who the other two are. Well, five, and there'll uh, be more in the future. Four of the first five, maybe me. You, you, you're an honorary Arkansan now. Like, you know, what's funny is I teach Arkansas history, and like, there's some politician that like moved here from Louisiana and then became governor, and I was like, <laughs> outsider. Yeah, you know. Well, they have isn't in the proper term for that carpet bagger. Yeah, yes, that is. That's exactly it. Uh, well, that's more of I guess a post Civil War term, but it definitely applies pre- because well, think Andrew Jackson was that in Tennessee. He came over to Tennessee to become a founding father of Tennessee. Like Tennessee needed founding fathers because we were expanding westward. Yeah this is why uh your boss should listen to my podcast is because i'm always interjecting stupid historical facts he is a big history buff um you know maybe shout out to preston maybe you and preston will have to come do a life unraveled episode
1: oh he would and man i bet he would love
0: that dude i love but this is the best part about doing this is like talking to super interesting people like (laughs) catherine over here is way more interesting than you shout out to catherine shout out to catherine She's not on camera. She might be. I don't know. But um, yeah. You know, so, but yeah. You came down here from Bentonville. You're from Virginia. Uh, how long? How long you lived here? Almost. I guess about a year and a half. Yeah. Which we would have met like right after you moved here. That was when I hurt your wrist. September
1: was when we met, and I'd moved here in April.
0: Yeah, the year yeah. of my birth, as we, or, uh, the month of my birth, rather, as we recently established. Uh, well, so what do you, what, what do you think? Because, I mean, Virginia, um, you know, the Army of Northern Virginia, Robert E. Lee, it, it, we're basically akin to each other because we're both in the South.
1: You know, and that's what's interesting is when I tell people here that uh, I'm from Virginia, they automatically assume Yankee. Which they, is they
0: weird. Always, like
1: That's because, very strange. Because in a relative sense, it is far enough north that people associate because it is it's the Mason Dixon line, right? It is. Yes. And so and, and so that in Virginia it has that uh unique feel because it's like yes, we are southern. In fact, uh arguably my grandmother, the arguably the most southern. My I grandmother mean. very persistently uh would profess to me that I was eligible for sons of the Confederate veterans. Wow. So, you know, she kept a
0: purse with Confederate money in her.
1: That's. I mean, that's a part of. uh, We
0: we don't (laughs) identify with how big of a part. But for like our grandparents,
1: look, listen to what I said. She kept a purse with Confederate. What does that mean?
0: The south will rise again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. which what do you think? What do you think about that? She was just waiting for it to happen. I don't. It was northern aggression going to happen. You
1: know, and that's the thing is, okay, okay. My grandmother told me a story about the first time she saw an airplane.
0: That's wild. My grandpa died when he was ninety. One of my grandpas died when he was he was World War Two. She thought it was
1: a dragon because she had never heard of an airplane before like you, she had no relative context you got to ask what is this um, thing coming down this cuz it was a it was a crop duster
0: she lived on a farm ah uh, so it was low, it was low flying got close to her thought she was gonna die. Dean Plank has told some crazy stories of, like that about like him growing up basically super rural backwoods and like first time seeing things, or like uh, when he got out of the special forces. People talking about Delta Force on the news, and he's like, it like shattered his belief system because he's like, you don't talk about the Delta Force. Like nobody's supposed to know Delta Force exists, but they're talking about it on the news. Like like it like he but that's different but he had talked about like when he first like before he joined the army or when he joined the army things he saw for the first time and growing up super rural south it's uh like my dad i mean talks about he grew up in hartman this place called hartman you will pass a place on your way back called Cole hill halfway between clarkson cold hill on 64 is is where my parents and, and family where my dad's from and it's super rural even in the 70s But that's all in relation to this conversation we're talking about, about the South and the South after the Civil War and how wrecked it was. So
1: my, interesting enough, my mother's family, Jewish, moved here to Virginia, not here. To Virginia, I guess, in the 40s, 50s, they were not allowed to join any swimming pools or country clubs i mean they were because they were jewish yes
0: oh my gosh yeah see people people uh it 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 lingered for people don't think about um people think marginalized groups and they're like oh african americans but like women women like the three most marginalized groups i talk about in u.s history are women african americans um yeah, go ahead. Go. Ahead, Where you going to
1: say? No, I was just going to say, like you know, but some of those, some of those institutions, you know, some of those things, like, I, I, because I have relatives that live in Maryland, right, which is directly That's a border state, bro. Line. Look, br- the the culture has none of none of those things. Like it, it's almost it, it's almost like it, You you feel that shift in culture and, and it's you know there's still people that live in rural areas that are considered rednecks
0: you know when I went to Asheville uh, I was surprised at how rural Asheville North Carolina was driving in and stuff it seemed rural I don't know if it is oh yeah well that you know I, I think most America is though and I have driving all over it. I've definitely got that I mean do you get past Amarillo, Texas to like Flagstaff that's weird yeah. I mean,
1: I've driven, you know, I've driven out west a little ways before. And, you know, like when, when I drove to Oklahoma City, I was, you know, I thought it was crazy how flat the land was because, you know, I, I've never driven.
0: You driven Colorado west. or anything? Yeah. That's uh, so you've driven through Kansas? We went, we went to Colorado Springs
1: yeah, and camped at the uh, base uh, uh, of uh, Garden Pax of the Gods? Oh, Okay. Okay. We did go to Garden of the Gods. Yeah,
0: yeah. Colby uh, and Cora and I, we went a few years ago and went to Red Rocks. That was amazing. Yeah. Have you, have you been to Red Rocks concert or anything? We, or just go to the park? Did, we did
1: go to the park. Um, on the way back, we stopped at an uh, extinct volcano oh, wow. in New Mexico. Cool. And that is that's the one thing I want to go back to. Because apparently, you can
0: see the Milky Way from there. And I've never seen the Milky Way before. Have you? Uh no, no. I you know, but uh, I will say there's something to be in. I've been out in the wilderness in Arkansas on this thing called uh, the the wilderness portion of the Buffalo River. It's like it's 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 away from civilization in our state anyway. It's like the most remote point in Arkansas, but like I just like went outside to like use a restroom and like looked up at the sky and I was just like I'd never seen the sky look like that. And it was probably like 3 a.m., 2 a.m., something like that. But I'd never seen. And it's like, but without the the light, like what people call light pollution.
1: I remember like one experience that I had with the sky when I was young was during uh, one of the meteor showers. And it was, and it was the most intense and vivid meteor shower that I could, because any meteor shower since is not really. i kind of like, eh. but I remember, you know, it was all different colors, and it was just constant, and it was almost like uh, uh, a, a light fireworks across. Were the you
0: sky. Um, looking through a telescope or just naked eye? Just
1: no, I, you know, uh, I was at a lake, way, way, way out in the woods in Virginia.
0: Nice. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah, back on the Civil War, because I've been on a Civil War rabbit hole. Like, because it's fascinating to me well, since I've been in the Civil War rabbit hole, but like. This
1: is where, you know, we can start talking about VMI a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're blowing my mind everywhere. you blow my mind a few times today because I just, you know, I just thought you were a jujitsu gangster. I'll, but, I'll, but, but But turns out you're like a, a real I'm gangster. A, I'm a, a rebel,
1: jujitsu rebel. Re- y- yes. Gangster.
0: Man, uh, you know, if, if arguably, if the South would not have invaded Maryland a second time, that, like, the, the South had never really lost a battle until Gettysburg. Only Antietam was a draw.
1: I mean, to be honest, it, I, I just don't think it really matters because I don't think the South would have had the resources to continue a war
0: anyway. I don't either, but check this out. 1963, July, July uh, 1st, end of June, 1963, before Gettysburg. The South, Jefferson Davis had a uh, a letter written to Abraham Lincoln because we were beating them so bad, asking them if they wanted for wanted peace. And that never got delivered because Gettysburg happened and fifty two thousand people died. And the after that is when the South the South had the manpower to still win before Gettysburg. Um and I—that's like a recent revelation to me. I didn't know that Thank until God I, they didn't have Twitter. <laughs> right? To imagine Jefferson Davis like tweeting, like like we think Donald Trump's bad. Like imagine like what? Okay, so like that he he was like one of the first people like uh, who was a byproduct of like the Missouri Compromise when they were like. Um, not the Missouri Compromise, Compromise 1850 when they were like, we need two presidents. And ironically, he was there and goes on to be this, the other president of the South.
1: The refinement of culture has happened very quickly.
0: Yeah. Much is the same as jiu-jitsu. The real Jefferson Davis. Dude, uh, we were talking about that earlier. Jiu-jitsu exploded. It used to be cool to be a bite belt. Before, we were bike belts, might I add. Yeah. I, Especially I mean, in Arkansas. Now, it's not even cool in Arkansas.
1: Well, I think that's what the whole training experience is about, you know, because the training, the training cycle is so long. And, and so, so much of that uh, dream, so much of that passion is built you know, built in, is about pursuit
0: of the goal of black belt. I know that whole, the whole mindset, white through brown, is that, that that's what the focus is, white, white through brown to achieve the black and it's kind of like I talked about this on a recent podcast like when I and have said this to many people when I accomplished Most of my goals like getting a job as a historian, teaching at college Getting my master's degree the growth of the gym like when everything like really popped off all at the same time I really accomplished all my goals and like I ever had set for myself like two years of one another started this podcast and Then I was just like What I do now like I'd earned my black belt like all of these things culminated really all at once like my black belt my job as a, as a historian uh, this this podcast the growth of gym and I was just like I didn't have any other goals so it was actually it was like it, I felt in life like I felt when I got my black belt in, in jiu-jitsu, it's just like well what's next somebody
1: once told me getting getting your black belt is the minimum and then it's what you do with it
0: that's the service to the community side that, that like judo's big about that I think about that a lot for like with what like you're doing with your videos, what I do with my videos is like, look, like, that's what I do. I, I create, I like creating stuff. I like writing stuff. I like, uh, I like cr- writing the text for the website, pushing the culture forward. Yes, that's service to the community, being an agent of change. Yes, Ooh, yes, yeah. I like how you put the, the play on agent. You gotta do like a James Bond type theme like you got to wear a tuxedo and you got to do like the 007 nintendo 64
1: it, it has a lot of plays man you know because there's agents in chemistry
0: mm. yeah okay. so uh, espionage i mean
1: yeah i do like that although you know what man i, I really st- i really strive away from that because i don't know about my acting skills i don't know about that
0: mm. you know we'll see cora, cora has a theater degree so maybe she can she can teach you some lessons.
1: I definitely, I definitely don't think that I have like gotten comfortable enough doing my videos that my personality really comes through, because I feel very robotic when I'm watching it. You know, mm-hmm. when I watch it back, I'm like, you know, I'm being a character almost of myself.
0: It is uh, my thought. My I've been youtubing for over 18 months. Like, you know, what got me like really i wasn't being encouraged to do it i was being more discouraged to do it by like people i was like polling about it but i went to a seminar in vegas at the trade show with freaking master ken dude matthew page matt page i believe is his name uh but you know like a meridote guy yeah yeah Yeah, he taught a thing about how like uh, making videos and like what his whole story and i i was super inspired after that and i just went all in and it's gotten better i would say like today we filmed the uh seminar. having somebody that's my audio camera guy i don't know if he, or you have anybody like help like do dynamic shots or you just doing tripod
1: man i just do a tripod and i did that forever you know, sometimes Catherine will hold a camera for me and and you know uh because really to me it's just about like just doing anything you know because just I get it out there yeah i mean it's just a piece of me right so it's, it, it's another piece of my expression you know this is the culture we live in you know this is the this is the medium through which we communicate now and if you want you know we, you, you can be uh, by humbug or or you know you you can engage the the medium you know you're, you can engage your canvas and and you know you you can Be part of the culture And and that's just That's just the way I see it You know I I don't think That I'm necessarily uh, Better Or that I offer something Completely original But um, You know It's it's my way of engaging And uh, I just I find it really pleasing That I've Finally made it To a point where People think That what I say is interesting
0: (laughs) So dude i'm about to send nate a picture of your face just so he knows what we're doing in here um so here's the thing like why uh i was thinking about nate here
1: because it, i because i just want to say you know if people may you know, i maybe maybe other black belts will even dismiss it but but i mean I, I i haven't only gotten my black belt in the last month I feel that there has been a sharp shift, and I don't know if that's in my own mind, but but even in with my interaction with people, uh, you know, in the martial arts school, I feel like has had a very sharp shift, and you know, it, it's uh, I just find that interesting how how because and and I will say even when I'm rolling, I mean, gosh, sometimes. I'll do things that that I, you know, I don't know if it's a technique that I've ever been taught, but it's like really just because I'm being stubborn because I'm like, nah, I'm a black belt now, so I can just.
0: You can just fight to what, bust out of the Do
1: whatever I have to do, you know, and you know uh, that'll get you caught, obviously, but that's kind of the fun of it too, is that I feel relieved of pre, I feel relieved of the pressure of chasing black belt, and so. Um, you know, if I do something stupid, like I don't, I don't know, I, I just don't. I thought, I thought I would want to smash everybody once I got my black belt, and it's like the complete opposite.
0: It's a, it, there's a humility there. I I felt, I, I felt very humbled when I got promoted to.
1: Black belt. Well, I did because I was extremely humble because I got my black belt and then getting went and roll with Braden and. got man in
0: dude I met you and him first on the same day okay so don't be like I tell that story too because like I just been promoted to buy a belt and I was just like what you were saying at the gym earlier I rolled with him and he was a he was a new or purple belt <laughs> and he dusted me like two or three times and like i taught some laggas a, like a, a, a knee bar defense flow drill at that event and like i was teaching there and like i rolled with he and you back to back and i was like dude i'm going back to arkansas like his jiu-jitsu thing is just too much right now like i just felt okay. defeated so and you know
1: um and, and, and here's the thing, you know, Jiu-Jitsu, your Jiu-Jitsu, my Jiu-Jitsu, we all have, kind of have our individual Jiu-Jitsu, right? And, like, you meet a guy like that, and it's like an anomaly where, like, I don't have an answer to whatever it is that he's putting into that. So, you know, that's where I, I was like, wow, uh, I need to go back to school. And there's a lot of Jiu-Jitsu that I have overlooked because... You know, I was trying to be, you know, what I thought was really good at a a very small group of things. And so, you know, I I was I'm really I'm really thankful that I had that interaction immediately upon receiving my black belt. And like he came over and hung out with my family and we had dinner. And so I got to hang out with him quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. He did say you cook dinner.
1: Yeah. I cook a mean steak, man.
0: Yeah. Corey made steak last night
1: uh yeah and i use a uh uh
0: a, a, an iron skillet Ooh, dutch yeah. oven
1: yeah i, that one, really? I yeah? It, i think
0: cast I iron know. like a cast iron skillet. yeah, yeah. it's ten dollars at walmart those are called, walmart, man. It those are those called are dutch greatest. ovens bro yeah. yeah my dad man he makes fried potatoes and squash and I, we we're talking about on the podcast for yesterday. camping yeah yeah there's a, so there's these um i believe they're called lodge brand uh but there is some really nice dutch ovens out there and uh the, the core and I, I don't even think we have one, but we should get one. We have we have a lot of water pots and pans. But I believe Braden.
1: I believe Braden liked his
0: medium rare. Yeah, core is a medium. I'm dude. I'm a well done guy.
1: I like mine a solid medium. You know, it, it really depends. Um, if I go to a, a steak place and you know it's it's a really nice steak place, I'll just tell how you know what do you suggest, and I'll take it however they tell me you know I'd, I'd, usually, i'm usually, okay with a
0: little bit of pink usually
1: yeah. at, a, at a nice steakhouse they know what the different types of meat and how they need to be served and or what the chef's specialty for that you know they'll, so i just go with whatever they recommend yeah yeah i'm not really particular because man I'll, I'll eat almost anything
0: yeah yeah i've been to some uh like just traveling like steakhouses in vegas and stuff it's like corn i've been to some nice uh Man, I can't even remember. There's this one we've been to a couple of times inside the Venetian. It's really popular. Some chef's name, but the New York strips there, man, they're different. Like you go to a super legit steakhouse. So like uh, I've uh, uh, and it's not the like I will eat a a rare steak if it because I've I've had I've had rare steak. I just it's not how. I
1: Let me tell it. you that I have had expensive steaks, maybe not extremely expensive steaks. I I wouldn't. I, you know, but I swear, <laughs> one of the best steaks I ever had was a thirty dollars steak at this restaurant. Where is it? Is it in Benville? The
0: preacher's. The
1: preacher's son in Benville. Everybody go there, have a steak. That thing is magnificent.
0: Nate texted us back and said, "Fire." Yes, with the, with these hands. With the hands in the
1: center. I love training with Nate. You know, and, Nate's and the, I was he's talking one of my about best that bros. because uh, it's such a, it, it, you
0: know, we there's so much movement. You know what I mean? He is. A, he will drown you in the movement. He will take you out and and uh, and, and just move with you like he and I. Rolled a couple weekends ago. He was in town uh, on a Sunday, and and the two he was doing stuff. I complimented him because Nate's never been like. A big time butterfly player, but he was assassinating me with his butterflies. So let me
1: tell you. So I, so I roll with Nate, man. I, I can roll with Nate, you know. And uh, but we do stand up or do anything that introduces MMA skills. And I feel,
0: uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel at the bottom of the totem pole real quick. So you you've done martial arts, like you've done striking and everything, like pretty much your whole life. I started
1: when I was seven. Yeah, I grew up in karate, taekwondo, you know, kickboxing. But you know, uh, with Nate, we did wall work. For instance, mm, he's, last, he's last got weekend great we did wall, wall work. work, dude. I couldn't. Okay, I think. I think. He, I think the first time maybe you know he underestimated me and I wall walked up on him real quick and then I didn't get up again.
0: <laughs> Dude, have you ever tried to keep him on the wall in, oh, a, stri- yeah. in a striking exchange? No, it's not going to happen. Dude, here's like, I remember he, he just like, he <laughs> would gonna... constantly like laterally out move me. Like I couldn't, I couldn't keep him on a wall. I couldn't keep him from getting ahead of me. I,
1: I'm I'm surprised at how um, how quickly he moves and how hard he hits. And it, and it's not really because he's trying to hit hard. It's just it's just what it's just, you know, it's just the result of his He snaps it all in. in. It's the, his technique because you can tell you can look at him and like he's not he's not being vicious. You know, that's just this is what it is.
0: He, yeah. Play, play him with fire. Yeah. Uh, so said Nate and I were talking about this. This was this uh, was like back on the the bite belt conversation, so maybe it's the things that you're talking about that the we that the you're doing or the that people do that that make you quote unquote great or make you uh, sort of valuable to pushing the culture for you forward or or just within your own circles because think about this like you think. I mean, he might, but, like, do you think Justin Rader knows the way that, like, people like you and I and Nate perceive him? You know what I'm saying? so, like, I've never really been around or met anyone that was truly great that even had very much awareness of what that they were, of what they truly meant to people or, or how valuable their contributions were. And I think that – um well, but, I run into but, that a lot, you
1: know. But you know, he's because how it, it, even if he was aware of it, being the type of person he is, like it's, it, I don't, I don't even know that really means a lot because it's about the chase. I would assume. I don't know him extremely well, but I would assume it's about the chase, you know, because we're, it's what it is for all of us, right? Like, I don't, I don't really care. That's the thing is, like, I don't really care about like who's watching my videos or, or whatever, like. You know, like, I, I'm out there trying to get better, right? And, I, and I'm and i just, you know. Uh, I, it's a part of the chase. I don't think that the world champion really is much different. Like, I think that their pursuit is much more intense than what we could probably imagine. You know, their journey. But at the same time, you know. I don't think that they're ever like, alright, I'm cool. I won enough championships and I'm I'm good now and I'm just gonna bask in this glory of followers.
0: It's never satiated for people like you know, that. You think Gordon Ryan's ever gonna be like satiated, like he's gonna no, have enough. But I
1: but I but I do think that you can I, I do think that you can use that energy in a different way. Right? Like 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 you don't always necessarily have to make uh that energy of being uh you know the pursuit of being greater towards being a jiu-jitsu champion
0: you know um so do you think being a jiu-jitsu champion is even a measure of greatness in, oh i hope not have you I I have, have no, you competed a lot over the years
1: man i compete a lot when i was a, I, I competed a lot as a kid in karate like a lot you know and I competed quite a bit as a white belt and a blue belt and purple belt and maybe only a
0: handful of times as a brown belt well, same with me man I got burned out like purple I, purple through brown was like insane I
1: think I did a fight
0: I I was a purple
1: belt in my last fight but I didn't fight I didn't fight again after my son was born
0: did you have uh, any MMA fights or anything like that too oh yeah okay that's that's, that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. kickboxing
1: Yes. Boxing. boxing? No. Okay. Yeah. Not for me. You know, I did boxing club at VMI. Got smashed. Because I thought I could do stand-up. Because I had a Taekwondo black belt, bro. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah I can. Yeah, no, no, no. I know stand-up.
0: And I got smashed. It was horrible. So, VMI. hmm Let's get... Which you is went really, straight there
1: after high school. Which is really the seed of why I'm relevant as a jiu-jitsu black belt. So, yeah, so let's go ahead. All
0: right. So w- how did you get plugged into there? You t- Tell me your whole uh, huh. whole background with that.
1: Well, I think I was just a delusional teenager. <laughs>
0: did, you, did you get into ROTC at first or something like that? or?
1: No, man. I was a wild kid. I was a wild kid, and I thought, I'm going to go to, you know, I, I don't know what. I had this image in my mind that i was gonna you know i wanted to be this soldier type i'll you know i'll i'll spare you the dramatic version but i thought i wanted to i don't let's say be a navy Navy seal or something right but
0: do you have to be a member of an armed of of a branch of the armed forces to get a vmi no okay if you graduate from there, like, is it... Uh, like we, it,
1: it look, it, man... It's not... Like, so it's in, a military in, in college, honesty, but you're not look, in the military. In all honesty, I was a very emotionally unstable teenager. Okay. Okay? And, and, and just I made a poor decision based on my personality type. I thought, I'm going to go to military college. Okay? And so I went, and while, like... A month after I got there, 9 11 happened. Yeah. Yes, cadet, cadet, uh, bro, it Bishop. was, was fall out, it was fallout bro. It was wild. It went, it got weird, it got really, really weird, really quick. And in, Cause, in, cause what in ways? A lot of <laughs> so many kids had parents that worked in the Pentagon. That were powerful people in Washington, D.C. That are powerful people in New York. I mean, yeah, I forget BMI where you
0: were is kind at. Of yeah, a, BMI is it's kind a feeder.
1: Of a, it's kind of a prestigious
0: place to be. Where did Snowden go to school? <sighs> Uh, did he go I've just been on the rabbit rabbit hole
1: I don't know but I do think it was a military academy but I do not think it was um, I I, I think maybe I heard it was West Point but I don't know I I could be completely wrong about that
0: yeah Robert E. Lee uh, graduated like second in his class in West Point if I'm not mistaken
1: man all yeah a lot of those all the all the Confederate heroes are at VMI So, it it was also part of my grandfather's dream to go to VMI, and he was never able to, I don't know, I I don't know the entire story, but he was a huge uh, VMI guy. Yeah. Back when VMI and Virginia Tech used to play each other in football. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what okay so is there any sort of weird uh rift I've I've wondered this recently about like Virginia and West Virginia cuz West Virginia was a state Not, that was created during the Civil War.
1: Um no, I, but I, I I don't live I I never lived close enough to the border where that was really a thing. And in that part of the state is very rural and so I don't know you know I just I don't really have much experience to speak of but but in the, in the places that I live no
0: that was that was one thing Snowden was talking about was that how much like all of the surrounding areas are feeders for the
1: their members of the Bishop family that went to West Virginia because they disagreed with the other members of the Bishop family that stayed in the south
0: that's okay so check this out back on i just found this out yesterday you know before the civil war even broke out he freed 150 of his slaves really yeah
1: in what in what context
0: he had and uh he just he he didn't need them to he was i guess like idly wealthy he just like he freed his slaves 150 of them yeah like people were freeing their slaves in the early 1800s uh in virginia actually
1: I think you know that area of America that era of American history is one of the most misunderstood because there's so much context it, and, and anything political is extremely hard to dissolve because you have to you, you really in order to make it an opinion you, there's a lot of information you have to di- digest and you know everybody wants to just pick a side and stick with it instead of allowing themselves to
0: be educated you so, know the, so
1: and, and that that just, man that that still is a very touchy subject
0: which what in what in what regard the civil war yeah yeah oh yeah
1: listen listen to what i'm saying man my grandmother <laughs> told me to sign up for the sons of the confederate veterans
0: you would have gone on a list bro i'm just gonna and i cry. had a bar mitzvah yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so, some so, I, context.
1: So, so, yeah. So, and, and so my my whole childhood was riddled with these really interesting paradigms. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for I can remember being four years old and being like extremely aware of like, wow, you people are crazy. Because the, there was, I remember there was a big struggle over my religious education. And I was like, "Well, I mean it's God, right? <laughs> yeah I didn't and and that's kind of that's still the road I take, even now as an adult. I think because I saw people go through that but 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 at, as being a child and going to church with my grandmother and going to syn- now I will tell you they are distinct experiences, but there is something about being part of a congregation of people that are coming together for the common purpose of spiritual worship. And it is unfortunate that a lot of contemporary religious practice has a lot of ornateness to the point of, you know, being very much uh, a worship of the material or, you know, rather than, than true uh the pursuit of spiritual growth, but um, yeah,
0: dude, that's uh, that's that's fat. It's fascinating to uh, talk with people from the north, too. Honestly, like that's everybody I sat down with. I want to know more about their experiences, where they're from, because that, like, what you're talking about is like people talking about the civil war. I'm like. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on Essex-Junto and the Compromise of 1820? And they 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 can't put that in context, but they have these far-flung opinions about this event, and it's like you don't know the overall context of the history.
1: Being, so to me, because I've been engaged in martial arts since I was a child, and, and I now know this kind of gets weird, and, and, and I don't, because everything, everything that we do as humans, like every pursuit we do is imperfect, right? So I, I don't, Like, profess. I'm not, and I don't mean this in like a righteous way, but like, when I approach like what I'm doing with martial arts, like, it really is, like, it's, it it is kind of, it's almost like a religious procession. Like, it's a real, it's a spiritual experience to me because, like, I, I try to have it be like the purest expression that I'm capable of because it, it means so much to me. Like, I, I love doing it. It, I'm passionate about it. And, and I know that. Because I had instructors that made such a huge impact on my life that continued to it's it's amazing the transformation that happened in my life because of martial arts and so for me to just be able to have the opportunity to uh you know be able to to now be that element of of transmission to someone else to the next generation you know now i can plant seeds like it feels really good um because you know it's not all about being a world champion thank god
0: it's it's really it's really not dude and like and kind of like off what i was saying earlier is like like just sitting here talking to you like you, you you don't even get the value you provide for people currently you know what I'm saying? Like you, it, it's it because we never perceive that way. Like so, for example, like you think if you're some now, I mean, like Jason Ryan's boring ass basic white dude. and I had him on the podcast, yeah, Jason Ryan. Who exactly?
1: <laughs> nah.
0: But it, but but like, did here's the thing. Like I wouldn't ask you to come down and like wouldn't want to w- wouldn't want you to come on the podcast or teach me jiu-jitsu moves. Being like. A black belt and owning a large school and all these other things. If I didn't see the value, you know what I'm saying, and and I feel like we're the last person to see the value in ourselves, oftentimes. You know what I'm saying? Like it's um, it, well, it's inner. I think okay. a lot about that, not necessarily in like I know I'm providing okay. so much, but how like if me, people don't get the value they're even providing for me. But to me,
1: the beginning
0: of the process was saying that
1: there there is no i like there is no value in self because i feel like what i was and where i was when i started yeah it was not where anyone wanted to be and the way that i began my journey was through kind of like a, a dis disassociation of you know, self, through training, right? I mean, because it's, you know, and, and, and through that, that kind of like, you know, through that practice, you know, it becomes a moving meditation of sorts. And um, it can take on something else entirely, you know, because I, I feel like because of my experience in martial arts, I've had several, you know, uh, you know, it just instantly i'd have like a newfound interest in music and i'd want to pick up a guitar and start learning and I, I can't play guitar now but you know it martial arts inspired me to grow as a person you know and i think it was because when i heard take your ego out and man i but i you know i really dove deep into all the philosophy and everything and i picked up dao of kundo and read it 12 times over and
0: Dude, I th- it, it, okay? It's not over there. It was sitting right there for for, for several weeks. I, like you you
1: can't. You know, just because, and I know that's not Bruce Lee's thoughts emptied out on the paper, but, but that look, okay, look, this what what you're doing right now? I mean, this is what this is essentially, like the modern Bruce Lee, right? Because like this is, you know, that that the Tao Do, Like you know, people will look at that like, oh, I mean, that's a martial arts bible. Not really, like it's a bunch of other people's thoughts, like just kind of amassed together and arranged, and you know, put in a way that you can kind of digest it, right? And and it and in that way, like this, his sources of information is kind of like an inspiration to other people, but because you know, it it gives them steps, you know, hooks on the ladder to climb up on and, and and really. You know that's all we're doing you know i mean i i can't be as good as justin Rader, but i can affect you know the people in my immediate community you know i, I can you know i can affect the kids you know i can uh the kids in the jujitsu classes that i teach they think i'm really good so
0: <laughs> the kids look at you the I'm way really you good. look Man, at justin Rader.
1: i am so good compared to 10 year old kids
0: Dude, right have you now, seen the, those memes? Pretty, it's <laughs> like a uh, kid I kid. They uh, 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 can beat me up yet. Adult who identifies as ten year old annihilates in kids' class or something like that.
1: Yet. Until we there look, man. You, who who's that sixteen year old kid that just annihilated somebody?
0: Oh, um Gordon Ryan's little brother and he's still 16 or is he 18? I think now?
1: he's older but there is I don't know but you know and that's and that look man that's my whole thing about getting the black belt and the whole like humility element is it's like you realize like look man nobody gave me a black belt because of who I tap yeah you know like and I'm and, and look I, I will I, ha- I have a little bit of an ego let's be real I mean just being practical like I feel like I'm good at jujitsu but it's like I told you earlier i look at justin Raider and i say justin Raider does jujitsu everybody else is trying to do what justin Raider does i don't think when i look at justin i don't think i'm doing the same thing you know because it's it's like okay and and you know uh so you know but and that's why thank god I mean, from me, I mean, hey man, I was a brown belt long enough that I really, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't care. I, I honestly, you've
0: been training sixteen years, is that right? Yeah,
1: I didn't care anymore, and that's why it was so powerful for me to actually receive a black belt because I didn't know if i actually ever would. But you know, um, but you know, we say martial arts, right? And and beating people up and man you know shout out to james houston who i made an ignorant statement to on facebook one time because he made a comment about martial arts and i was like i do real martial arts and he's a very successful martial artist and businessman and he just made a very nice comment to me like you know 'cause see, I, everybody knows how successful he is, and he was like, You know not, not, and I w- had my own little martial arts group, and I was not doing so hot at the time, and he was like, You know not everybody does martial arts for the same reasons that you do, and I had this light bulb moment, and I was like, yeah and and that was why my circle was so small cause it's 'cause it's cause like you know i i couldn't I couldn't see past like my own motivations. And so like only people that like wanted to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to, I, my, my main focus was rooted in seeking competitors to train, training as a competitor, training competitors in general. And then I had a shift like that where I was like, okay, uh, that's going to just be, pretty much be about 10% of the people here. I
1: tell you what, man, I for me, the change, because I honestly just don't think, and maybe it was. I'm not gonna say because this could be broad. I'm not gonna say anybody's fault. It could have been my fault, whatever. But I just don't think I came up in jujitsu in in a healthy culture where mm-hmm. I was from, and and so upon coming here as a brown belt and coming in what I did at Inferno I was just so blown away and so relieved because there's there was just so much more positivity than what I was used to and, and in a way that I felt like my jiu jitsu immediately just improved so quickly because I had I had people that were like oh hey oh man uh, you know what that wasn't bad but like let me show you this or like you know you do that okay but like and just it was like man and that's what I loved about like all y'all is like everybody was like it w- yeah because I mean I, I feel like a lot of other places it was always like it was kind of cutthroat or competitive not everywhere I trained at but you know it was definitely um, a much more productive environment and I think that you know so much of, I just didn't know that that was out there
0: yeah, that's got to be nice. There's a lot more because I've
1: only it, ever been with the I same people. No much. I had no idea how much jujitsu was in Northwest Arkansas. It's, it blows me away. Not even Northwest Arkansas, but all across the state. You know, we talk. I'm gonna go see Johnny.
0: Hopefully, did you do, go to the AGF a few months ago? No, a couple man. weeks ago? Yeah, that that way. Like once you see that, you'll see representatives from all over the state. So
1: I I I tore I had a, I had a knee injury. Okay.
0: You got you got a, And
1: I just started rolling. Like a week before I got my black
0: belt, mm. do you, know, you have something so torn or what?
1: I never went to the doctor, but you know I couldn't walk well <laughs> for a long time. I couldn't put, you know, I couldn't bend my knee all the way.
0: Outside, inside.
1: I I assume it was the outside of my meniscus because it was on it was a
0: like collateral cartilage, maybe LCL. I've torn that before, and it's no it's no fun.
1: It. So like nine to twelve weeks, that I didn't roll. Yeah, Man, nine to twelve yeah. weeks. But you know, um, when I was a purple belt, my best friend tore my my pec, and ripped the my, my pectoralis major insertion from the humerus. Like you know, I don't have much of my pec left now.
0: And uh, are you are you really limited by that? By, we were talking about that earlier,
1: dude. I don't. So I rolled for nine months with one arm.
0: Like, the purple belt. Did you know when the injury happened? Oh, did yeah. You wait a long dude, time I thought my
1: tore, but then the immense amount of pain set in and they had to take me to the hospital.
0: Did you go into shock or anything like that?
1: So, you know, they took me to the ER and they're sitting me in the ER and they were like, all right, man, all right. Well, on a scale of one to 10, how bad is it? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm sure, I don't know. And they were like, yeah yeah okay they were like so what drugs do you want <laughs> and i was like i don't want any and they were like what and i was and i mean i was i was dude i was i was fucked up it was it was horrible i was sweating and like it was just extreme pain wow. i could feel myself bleeding on the inside you know and so um this guy was like you're fucking crazy he told me that and i and I was just but you know i don't i i was I, when I dislocated my elbow this my the, my the, my back oh,
0: of my hand was dude the back that of my happened shoulder. to one of my guys in a fight once
1: so they put me on hydrocodone then and and I don't think it really helped i don't it, it didn't it didn't stop my pain so when they offer me those pain medications number one okay and number two I just talked about being spiritual right okay so here's my here's my thing My best friend fucking ripped my arm apart, okay? And thank God it was my best friend.
0: Was it this guy that we you were talking about earlier? What we
1: do like we practice fucking trying to kill each other and dismember and like completely like like we practice trying to disable someone permanently. Like we but that's the thing is we get carried away we get so disillusioned like we we we're, we're, we're kind of like cuz it's like tap and then we're like yeah ha ha, ha. It, 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 but at the same time you know you you have to take a le- you have to take a bit of seriousness to your training because you know um somebody
0: yeah, yeah. somebody can, i mean somebody can seriously get hurt and so the
1: my, the point of what i'm getting at okay so hey what we do is real so I wanted to feel that consequence I didn't I didn't want I didn't want it to be dull because I was like no like I practiced this and oh look it happened so I can take a pill and like forget about it or like or I can like or I can remember for the rest of my fucking life what it was like to have my arm ripped off and then see what kind
0: of effect that has on my How, how old were you when this happened like what, you said, five or six years ago, maybe maybe thirty. Dude, you yeah, I would have I would have been like, give me extra drugs. So, I I
1: went and I sat in the uh, in the ER, and my girlfriend had to take my friend that just tore my pack. She had to take him to work, so they let they had to leave me. And, we, and I was man, I was like whatever, you know. I was like yeah, man, go, it's cool, I'm cool and i sat i sat there and i closed my eyes and i did my deep breathing techniques and it was the most euphoric experience of my life and i am very thankful for that injury in a lot of ways because it it made me realize how real it is and it made me like take my training a lot more seriously um and you know, and I take a lot more I hey, when I'm teaching jiu-jitsu, you know, I I take a lot of pride in teaching jujitsu jitsu that's not going to get somebody hurt and I do not allow an environment that's going to allow somebody else to get hurt cuz I know, you know, he was my friend. He did, you know, he's trying to kill me but he didn't know he was going to do that to me. Yeah. He was just ignorant, you know. Was he the same of, rank as of, you or no? no. I was a purple belt. He was a fresh, I don't know, he might have been a white, or, you know, he was a fresh blue belt. And he got a hold of my arm, and I was like, "Uh, uh, uh," you know, I was fucking with him. And it, and like, no, and it's, because here's the thing, man. You let a 16-year-old scrawny kid get a hold of your arm and stand up over top of you, like, they can rip your arm off if they don't even know what an arm arm bar is. Right, like you know, t- to be honest, like we we practice this art and the science and everything, hey, grab a hold of something and twist it the wrong way like, or, or twist it too
0: quickly yeah. Yeah. while somebody's I mean, relaxed or you
1: know I mean really and, and, and like think you know, we don't allow that because you know there's no there's no fun in that game, but honestly, I mean that's that's really all it has to be it doesn't have to be you know the whole technique you know it, because I mean, that's what a lot of the jiu Jitsu I was taught at first was was, "Hey, grab and pull.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh,
1: and, you, and, if it, and if it doesn't, and then you smash it first, and if, it, if you, can, and you fold it fold it in half, and then you smash it and you grab it and you rip it and then twist and then pull it up. You, yeah, and that was the jiu-jitsu I learned.
0: Do you have a better <laughs> metaphor when teaching students now? Because I, I have a way I explain to people on finishing submissions that I think.
1: So so somewhere oh, at, oh, immediately after I was injured, uh, you know, and I rolled for nine months with one arm. So I made it a point to tap everybody I could while I was rolling with one arm because it was kind of like, well, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, of course I, gotta, yeah, I got it. <laughs> but, you know, immediately I realized how much technique was lost in the greed of trying to tap our training partners. Cause yeah okay, Brian, you and I are both black belts, and we can grab one of us can grab an armbar and pull and finish it, right? Yes, sure. Because you know how to finish an armbar and put your hips into it, and there's no way that you know, or you know, if we're if we're flow rolling like in trying to allow each other to work, like you know that like there's a fifty transitions. <laughs> that you can go into and and that's my whole point about being a black belt and like learning the rest of jujitsu is it's like you know i've been so focused on like when somebody tries to arm bar me just getting my elbow to the mat so they can't arm bar me like that's it that's all i've ever tried to do right and i've been really really good at just not giving people opportunities for arm bars but like I probably really suck at defending arm bars,
0: <laughs> man. You know? If you think about it, and this may not, this may just be true for us, me, whatever. But like, I feel like submission defense is one of the least covered things in all jujitsu.
1: So I have all, I have always taught. Okay, the way that I like teaching jujitsu because I've taught other things, but the way that I like teaching Jiu-Jitsu is okay. The first half of class okay we this is the arm bar second half of class is the arm bar defense because you know especially with beginners okay let's say uh, we're doing an arm bar the person on top almost kind of has to learn how to react not like an idiot that's just gonna collapse and fall over right and and so okay okay so we get to that and the person does the arm bar okay and then it's like very, you know, all right, while our minds here, how do we stop this? Because then that opens up to maybe what you teach next week or it doesn't have to, but you know, I f- and I just feel like teaching submissions as the objective in class is not always the best method of teaching jiu jitsu but it's but it's so common because that's what everybody wants to see
0: I teach. i get in a habit of teaching a lot of chains you know like well, uh, where it's a, where see, it's not top bottom per see, se
1: that's that's what i'm saying is like there's a transitional element in it and so that so then you you know you're talking about like a whole you know host or like a whole organism of concepts you know because when you talk about change, you're talking about there's got to be more than one position. I mean, or or yeah, it looks if so it, like a, even if it's a, a position. You know, kesa to reverse kesa. You often don't say in the exact same position for a series of movements. So
0: exactly. You know? yeah, but like uh, like I'm big on like we start from standing a lot. So it'd be like, it's like an inside trip to a knee slide pass to kesa to uh, an armbar, mm-hmm. for example. And but you know. It might take me a couple of passes uh, to teach that sequence in, in technique instruction, but uh, that and flow drills, man, those are probably my two mo- two of my most favorite ways to teach because anytime I'm teaching like a sub defense, I like think, I'll, I'll often encapsulate that inside of a flow drill.
1: Well, I like flow drills, uh, and I think I think they're great for beginners and for advanced practitioners, just because you know it really just uh, gives you gross muscle movement to be repetitive with you know uh, and, and I find that that's what helps me grab on to new concepts, you know because I'm I'm really I'm trying to try all kinds of new stuff now and and that's what helps me grab on to those things is I I, I think of like a, a gross muscle movement and I try to be really repetitive about it until I get kind of a flow feel to it and then you know I find it more digestible in a way that I can organically add it to what i already do because i then it's about doing the movement it's not about trying to accomplish the movement if that makes sense
0: yeah it does like i've been back and forth on like because there's that and then i like the transfer of learning into let's say i'm doing hip escapes like I learned every year I do Jiu Jitsu I learned a new way to, learn, to apply that move that I got taught how to do when I was a white belt you know but it's like that is you building your invisible Jiu Jitsu that is something
1: that I've just now become self aware of because I never had the ability to tap people you know like I could always set up smash people tap people right I mean sure I don't know I I I I got my black belt and was like, "Yeah, man, I yeah, I can do all this stuff, right?" I mean, that was like I don't know what happened in my mind and like now Dude, it, I, I just pop off these arm bars that like I don't I've never even tried them before.
0: Isn't it weird like I would uh, have you been married before? No. Okay. So, like you you've remarked on this several times and I, like like uh, a couple of times that I just like Asked like, like Comment already But like It seems like Very much so When you got your black belt You did have Like a shift of consciousness Like I never would have thought When core Because core and I Were together For like Seven years When we got married And we've been married For three now uh, But I would have never thought that the day, the night of the wedding ceremony, that when we got married the day after, that I would feel like, the way you're describing me right now, there's like a difference in how I perceived myself in relation to something else, her. Uh, like in, in us, it was just, it, I would, I never would have imagined getting married that it it was going to be different like that. I mean, it's the same way you're describing like when you got your bite belt, because I felt that too with like the video thing. It's like I started putting out videos when I was a brown belt and like, I remember seeing myself in one of the videos wearing a brown belt and I was super weird about it. I, and then I was like, that's stupid. I'm not gonna let that stop me from putting this stuff out there. There's tons of brown belts that do this. there's tons of purple, it doesn't matter. This is what I'm doing for the best, like my goals and agendas is better for my students all this.
1: So, and, and and this is kind of the whole thing about my videos cuz anyone could look at my video and be like, "Man, I'll, you're missing that move right there." Or like, "Oh, look, like he didn't do this." Or like, "You didn't do that." But like, I am not trying to be an authority on the technique, but I am a I am an a, I am a an element of transition of transmission of information. And so like I am conveying an idea. Right? And and look man like I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not the greatest I'm not going to be the greatest but you know I can provide that spark in someone so that they can be their greater self right and and so you know because how how many techniques that you've learned from your instructors do you do exactly like your instructor but you know what we we all do techniques better than our instructors right and so it's like i don't i don't have to be like correct but like if i can show somebody i you see what's happening right here what you want to do is you want to be over here no 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 no, not not now not now no no wait 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 okay right now right like that's what i'm trying to convey and that that, that's that's so hard to convey because everybody wants to be right especially doing videos everybody's like oh you missed this deal you missed that
0: i just want to be logical honestly like that's my main goal there's
1: so much to a lot the live element of a technique that you cannot convey that is 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 so relevant to what we're talking about that it's like you know i mean it's right it's wrong but like even if it's wrong like dude you 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 know you i how we just talking about a kid you know that's 22 years old that does jujitsu that we haven't seen before you know what I'm saying? So, so it, I'm it's, glad that dude's doing
0: videos. He's been putting them out.
1: Yeah, dude, I've been posting all of his stuff because I've shared him.
0: To, I shared one of them to the group the other day for yes. sure. Yes,
1: he is, and and that's exactly what I mean about you know, I I don't know. I mean, not that not that God, I'm not I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna like sit out and die out the pasture, but I honestly feel like you know, real jujitsu is about what the blue belts and the purple belts are doing. Because you know, it's our job to keep up. Because good God, I mean, we're dumping everything we know into them, trying to think that we're really like. I want to. I want everybody to think I'm really good instructor, so I'm going to teach them all this stuff. And like, we think like they're not listening, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, they're like you're really good at that. Where did you learn that?
0: <laughs> I, I had a guy just promoted to Blue Bell. It, it two years. Uh, he was like, he's a student, so he's like gone a little bit and over the summers and stuff. But, like, the dude is a savage. And, and, like, I'm just like, man, like. And there are enough people doing jiu-jitsu in America now
1: that we just have to admit that just like any other sport, that there are going to be people that they, they're they better than everybody else. Even even if they're, they've been doing it for six months. They might they might tap everybody in the room. And it might be the craziest thing ever, but there ain't nothing you can do about it. But that's what I'm saying. That's it, it, we can't be we our We can't be like, oh well, like just give that guy a black belt and let him start teaching classes, because that's not you know that's not how we got here.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why do you think there's a, such a difference in the integrity of the art of jujitsu on rank like that versus uh, more some of your traditional uh, martial arts? I. T- I've thought about that so many times because like the two to four years. I think jujitsu is on its
1: way out, bro. How do you feel about that? I think, I think the integrity of jujitsu is whatever it wants to be. It's, it's still at a shifting point where, um, it is gaining so much popularity and, and we, it's very hard to tell what it's going to be. But, um, you know, I grew up doing Taekwondo, and I I was I lived through the transition in Taekwondo where it was like, holy shit, that guy does Taekwondo. You better watch out. To all of a sudden, it was like that foot is not going to hurt me. And what are you going to do, bro? Like nobody was concerned about Taekwondo after 1992, right? UFC happened, and it was like jiu-jitsu, right? And and so and and but the, but then. You know, because it, it, what happened, because like I said, I was a kid and I, like, when I learned, it was the, using the ball of the foot to kick to the throat, to kick to the solar plexus, to kick to the groin. Like, I established that skill very early on. And then it was like, I can remember being in a black belt conference as a, as a child. It was like, you can't do this anymore. And our instructors got upset and then they split. There was a civil war. In our Taekwondo organization, and my instructor was the one that went and started his own organization with all the other younger instructors. So, you know, um, I think, and that, and a lot of that became about because of the influence of sport, because it came not about ball of the foot used as as a kick for self-defense, but three points for a jump spin hook kick with with the foam dip pads and you can't use your heel you have to use the t- you know the bottom of your foot in like a slapping action
0: mm-hmm. and so
1: you know that's when the emphasis became about the sport and like the the form and function of taekwondo ch- changed dramatically in its presentation in the classroom like right in front of my eyes and 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 I, and now having having taken me 16 years to achieve black belt i i now have seen that same trend in jiu-jitsu where I feel that there is so much an emphasis on sport. And it's not a bad thing because it draws attention to the sport and people get to be good at it. And I'm glad that there are people out there that can make a living doing jiu-jitsu. Um, but um, it, it is its own thing. And um, it, it it just it changes how that information is presented
0: i think uh i i get what you're saying with it like being on its way out like i i think that i think things are they're coming in waves like think about this like think about when point sparring started being a thing uh more so uh the like at some point someone was like hey we need to watch out for our brains a little bit more and here we are again In the post uh, post ufc era you just mentioned with all this hyper awareness about cte and brain damage and all this stuff and it's like like we haven't had this conversation before you know it's kind of weird it's like the resurgence of boxing and stuff in the united states it's like we kind of forgot about brain damage as a culture
1: well but i also think you know because of ufc people are becoming aware of the effectiveness of all the martial arts and so people no longer look to jujitsu as the end-all, be-all of answers to martial art, martial arts. And so I just think that when I when I say that you know jujitsu is on its way out, I mean in no way do I mean to diminish jujitsu because I you know it is it is my primary love for martial arts, you know. But at the same time. Uh, If somebody told me, hey, like, I want to protect my family, me and myself, in a hand-to-hand combat situation against one, possibly two attackers, I'm not going to say do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, because I just think that there are elements of the system that can provide that skill, but it is not the best martial arts for that type of specialization and so you know m- it it's best application is for is for the ground fighting effects and, and
0: i w- i would argue that that's jiu-jitsu being done super incorrectly
1: well and that's my whole thing it, it right is like modern jiu-jitsu has been completely removed from judo or or, or any type of concentration On the stand-up arts, right? So it's like it's a sport. It's like wait a minute. So so how do we we just magically get here? And that's what I'm saying. Is like the sport. It's like yeah, no, okay, we can like just sit down and start going, and that's fine because like you know, not everybody wants to like punch each other's brains out. But at the same time, like we have to be truthful that it's it is not the same thing. So we have to be careful about saying now when we teach this jujitsu, this is a superior martial art. Is it, or is what you're teaching the superior strategy to win a jujitsu tournament? And I think that is an important distinction.
0: It more people. So, would uh, follow up question to that is: do, Would you say more people are teaching jujitsu right now for sport application versus because, dude, like, like this book right here has got knife and gun defense. Like I, like I, we did all stand up in my. I jiu-jitsu think class. in
1: this era, it can be whatever the practitioner wants it to be. You know, because, and and that's the thing, is like now we have enough black belts and high ranks just to meet. I mean, think about how many many black belts are here in Northwest Arkansas. Imagine that, you know, the difference from that just 10 years ago, right? So it's like, you know, a a lower rank, if, (laughs) shout out to Jason Ryan, if a lower rank wants combatives training or like some kind of opinion or gun or knives, they can ask Jason Ryan or ankle locks, they can ask Jason Ryan. You know what I'm saying? Who? yeah, But I'm just saying that, you know, there are so many, there are so many avenues of specialization.
0: There really are. It's like, you know, well, it's like weeping style. It's like that or, or a or like those are those are uh what i would just call describe like a nook and cranny avenue of specialization like hickson's got an akito by belt like i've been studying a bunch of akito but all that's done is accentuate my jiu-jitsu and and being able to provide it more of a way like what we're talking about i think
1: why jujitsu is so good is because it is it encompasses the most practical elements of the most martial arts you know because like there's some throwing elements in there, and it's about leveraging the body and wedges and you know submission holds are, are not always about like beating someone unconscious, and so like it's a very effective you know means to end a fight um, and, and, and that's something you can't do in cry, like you can't stand up and punch each other hard, as hard as you can in the head over and over and just think that you're going to train. At a high level the next day, but you can arm bar each other and choke each other over and over and over and over and over. And in that way, that's why jujitsu practitioners get so good is because, like, you got a bunch of room full of monsters. And, like, they're actually trying to choke you unconscious. Because if you don't tap, they will rip you apart or you will go unconscious, right? And, and if they're your friends, they'll take you to the hospital afterwards or they'll wake you until up until they have to go to work. Until they have to go to work. But, you know. That's, that is what we're doing
0: what are your thoughts on combat did you or some of the other splinters of the direction that I think, oh, it's going? I think
1: all of it's great man you know I, I, I love all of it I used to, I mean I used to be like oh I like it, right? but nah man like you know like whatever these guys want to do you know man I, I think I think it's awesome because uh, you know it's that big now it's that big that it can be all these things, and it doesn't. It doesn't have to be, and especially not from somebody like me. Like, who am I to say that jujitsu should be this or should be that? Now, I will, I will be the first person to say that's some bullshit if I see some bad, you know, fake, you know, some fake stuff. But, um, you know, it, it, as far as what we're talking about, combat jujitsu versus sport jujitsu versus self-defense jujitsu. You know the you know self defense jujitsu that you might get at you know the the jitsu gym in the mall at your local you know your local mall or whatever like all that's good because um, there's a just you know there's a lot of different reasons why people pursue martial arts you know and it doesn't have to be the same for everybody so I got out of military school and. Not soon after that got a job instructing
0: you just hear Taekwondo, taekwondo at that time.
1: like three years old to adult foot fresh out of military school
0: how, how long so, did you go to military school back on on that topic we we don't have to discuss your, your okay
1: but but you know it was intense right and it and it and it was cha- it was it changed me because I realized how stupid i was and how immature i was because it it conditioned me to wake up
0: so what'd you do uh so you're taekwondo instructing what did you do after
1: well so so i was real intense and i was really good but you know so i would have parents that would say you know I, i mean little johnny like you're pushing him pretty hard And like I just thought that that you know that's what I was supposed to do. Thank you, mom
0: and dad. That's why we're here.
1: Exactly. Right. But I mean, I was really intense, you know. And I went to uh, Master Thomas Eddie Thomas in Salem, Virginia, who um, runs American Freestyle Karate, and he's in uh, you know the martial arts, several martial arts Hall of Fames, and he's ninth degree, I believe, in Shotokan. And I talked to him. And I was like, I just you know, I just want them to be them their best selves and like and this was my experience and like I just want to push them so that they they reach this point that I reached and he said, Did I ever treat you like that? And I like all of a sudden I was like, Oh like 'cause he had all, <laughs> he was always so subtle with me. It was always really funny. <laughs> and uh and immediately I was like, Wow. You know, um,
0: isn't isn't that weird that like too i, I uh, kind of opposite a story um i had a mentor when i was in college and i was her assistant even for a long time and we ca- we kind of falling out as a matter of fact she's she was super intense but she would always gripe at the students but I, like in hindsight now i'm like she was complaining p- to people that weren't even there like, it was the students that weren't coming to class or, or this or that, but she was always like talking shit or scolding somebody. But it was like, it was a sort of a passive aggressive, like, they weren't there or like the people that didn't come to class. But it's like the good students, like myself, got to hear about it you know but it, it like and too like so as a teacher i became a teacher and i've started becoming aware of all these things like i was doing that to my students yeah. in the classroom i didn't even realize it so it's like what you're saying like it wasn't even done to you and you were doing it so then i have those things too
1: so this is most this is what i am most concerned with as a black belt because i feel the most about how i came up through jiu-jitsu because i got my black belt for no other reason than I am the most stubborn asshole that I can be. You kept right? showing up. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and, and, hey, man, like, I, I admittedly, like, I wanted to quit. Catherine, Catherine, you know, had had a talk with me at one point and, like, bought me, bought me a black belt because she was like, no, because I had such, I had such an experience that, like, man, I had a bitter taste and, you know, um, but I'm extremely concerned and interested in how, now, now that I'm in a, in a position, you know, to be in that, that position, you know, now I'm in a position to be an authority. I'm extremely concerned with how that culture is shaped and what people really think about it. Cause we as instructors <laughs> have a completely different perception than what we think our students receive, you know. Cause that, cause I, I, and that was the thing. It's like I came into Inferno, and like I'm the brand new student. So like the white belts and everybody else talked to me like I'm just blow, you know, in anybody, right? And you know, people like you know let me in on things that like I have no idea that's going on. Because, you know, or or just, or even will, you know, having a conversation with a a white belt on how difficult class is for them is so, like, refreshing to me in a way. Because, you know, I, I gear so much of my training towards, like, suiting my own purposes. And that's good for me. But that's not good for this white belt. That really, I should be helping them get to where I'm at, you know. And so I, I'm concerned with, you know, trying to to reshape the energy that I take towards teaching, not to serve those those interests, but but to actually build a better culture that, you know, where there's better jujitsu being taught. Like right, because I mean. I I, I would hope that any student that that I teach jiu-jitsu to, by the time they get their black
0: belt, they can kill me, hopefully. Otherwise – That's uh, part of the goal is is that they are better and different and know more than we did at that level. Absolutely. That is um, a passing the torch on. I mean, because the things that I've learned, like at Brown Belt or as I've gotten to become a black belt and recontextualize them – and and be like that's a i wish i would learn that is when i was a white belt and then my white belt to get to learn that like there's a sweep that Jack toffer taught me last time he was here it was a it was kind of like a flower sweep but like a failed arm drag and it, it but you don't go under the leg you don't and then he showed a version of a flower sweep i'd never seen i was just like
1: what well, there's well, I so to much digest- just through this contextual and I think that's what the the whole invisible jujitsu thing is because it's it, it's it's very hard to convey it, in, in like uh, okay you know step by step sense, but it's like when you grab a hold of somebody and you drag them a little bit and you're like all right you feel that right there, and it's like yeah and it's like all right you get, <laughs> and, and it's like because that is the movement because like if you say, you know push them forward scoot your hips out you don't end up in the same position. You know what I'm
0: saying? It's yeah, a, order of operations can be like okay. Fuzzy.
1: Great example. The video I did, and 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 everybody when everybody's talking about uh, Gordon Ryan's armbar sweep from ADCC. Right. That. Yeah, it's a move. But I mean, it's it's a failed armbar. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of sweeps from that position, and I I I, I swear like. I have, I've been doing that arm bar since that sweep since I was a Purple Belt, swear. Why? Because I had one arm, so I could only do this. <laughs> I could only hold somebody's arm up like that. And I could only butterfly hook and go back like that, right? Because I couldn't finish an arm bar. And I, nobody taught me that sweep, but I wasn't good enough to finish the arm bar. But I could get somebody off balance enough that I could just like dump them into the hole. So you know, when I saw that, I was like, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, and and that's the amazing thing about Gordon Ryan, obviously, is that he's able to do that to such a high-level competitor. Like, you know, being able, to, you know, when you're doing, you know what I'm saying when I say push somebody into a hole.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That being is, able, that's a big concept in judo too. Being able
1: thing. to dump a competitor like that into a hole is like, wow,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: I got I, I tell it sometimes when I'm teaching like foot sweeps, this like pushing, pushing people into the void. You create a void. And that's the and thing
1: is like, you know, cause like so much of jujitsu is, is about avoiding that. But nobody like directly teaches that or talks about it, right? But it come. That's what come. That's the part. That's the texture that comes through rolling, because obviously, like if you don't learn how to move out of the hole, like you get pushed into it, right? And so you know, that's I think that's why, again, why jujitsu is so effective is because, um, you know, not only is it the, the repetition of techniques during class, but that, you know, dynamic expression where you have to learn all the in-betweens anytime i was taught karate or other martial arts you know it's kind of very much start stop you know and that that start stop i think allowed for you know it just wasn't the same
0: that uh i've thought a lot about uh just like back on the traditional martial arts like at what point like what led us to start doing like kata's as you see like or as they're practiced in and, and I, like part of it i think in my research like mass giving it to mass numbers of people at once large groups but also kind of like the, almost like why we do chains in jiu-jitsu like being able to slip into those patterns of movement I mean, jason when he was on he was talking about uh well he might have been talking about this at the gym but like every everything gordon ryan does is a pathway or restarting a pathway, or the beginning, like it's like mind maps, literally, you yeah. know.
1: Well, I think you know, and that's, um, and that's kind of the thing about a certain skill where it becomes fun, is uh, you know, where where you where you are actually rolling. Right, And you don't get into those dead spots. And, and you know you know how you can have a, a role with a, a, a buddy in class that lasts like 20 minutes long. And nobody taps because you guys are just kind of, you know, nobody can really get anything. Remember and, some
0: of the first experiences like that you had? Like when you were like 20, 30 minutes?
1: There is this kid named Justin. And like we were both like new blue belts. And he was like, you know, young wrestler type. And we thought we were freaking jujitsu all stars, and we just, you know, we were stupid blue belts that knew like, you know, two sweeps and a kimura. <laughs> right. That's currency, man. And uh, and man, it's just yeah, but man, we'd have the most epic roles because we, you know, we could actually fight each other a little bit, you know, and uh, but it it's just so rewarding, and and because you know, uh, even as a practitioner of martial arts all through my youth, when I because I was always taught and like, no, like if you're a black belt, you're a black belt in all martial arts for the rest of your life. So my first jujitsu class, my jiu jitsu instructor, who was a purple belt, said, Do you want to wear a white belt? And I was like, nah, man. And he's like, okay. And and they were like, have you ever tapped before? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Cause, you know, I, I'd done gi chokes, like, you know, like stand up gi chokes before. So I was like, yeah, sure. And I I swear, man, at that point, like, I, na- I had no concept of what Brazilian Jiu Jitsu was at all. But I saw him on the ground. I was like, okay, this is wrestling. And this guy Did got. Did you
0: wrestle in high school?
1: Yes. Okay. And this guy got on my back and he got me in a choke. And I could still breathe. And I was like, I'm fine. I can breathe. I'm good. And then I woke up. And the jiu-jitsu instructor was on top of me. And I started his And He's like, stop, stop, stop. And I was like, what, what? He was like, you got choked out, man. I was like, what? No, I didn't. And he was like, how would you get here? I was like, oh. (laughs) 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 And then I was like, "Uh, hey, man, you got that white belt? Uh, Yeah, I'll take one of those. And it was great because you know it, it put me on the bottom of the totem pole but you know it, it was it's own thing and, it, and it's its such a struggle as a beginner to get there it, and, and it's, it's so rewarding in it's own right you know just to get to that level you know and so uh, being a black belt has been equally interesting because it's like you know I, I've been like inspired to do all kinds of stuff that normally I thought I couldn't do or you know, maybe just something I didn't have any interest in before.
0: Hey, it, people compare the bite belt, which is interesting because people talk about this. I know there are bite belts in traditional martial arts that have never even done jiu-jitsu. It's like people I've come into contact with trade shows. But like the bite belt is like an applicable metaphor or mindset to like a, a certain set of like life skills. It's like I apply... So many things. I, 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 it's the things that I had about me that it took to get to black belt, and that it takes to be a black belt. Well, I would, I would maybe wouldn't have like thinking about those things, and
1: not to pat ourselves on the back, but, <laughs> but what we had to go through. To get a black belt was a little bit more involved
0: oh dude because, it was 11 years and four months for me 16 for you
1: well just the lack you know you, you had to, you had to work a little bit harder to get that same information
0: most of my people will be eight years woods is like 11 years or something right now so he's kind of like on pace with me but like john cora oh, randy okay. you heard me say years. when i started Jiu Jitsu, my instructor was a purple belt yeah okay i went to school it's a blue belt bro
1: I can go into belt, a I can go into a day class, and there's four or five black belts. So I mean, you know, that,
0: in yeah. Arkansas,
1: yeah. So you know, I mean, it's like you step into that, and it's like, of course, you're going to progress faster. You know, I mean, hopefully, you know, and, and why why should you know we we as instructors? I feel like you know we I don't want to cheapen it, right? I don't want to be the guy that's like. uh uh hey, uh I, I got this executive program and, and I'll teach you jujitsu and you'll be a black belt in six months for ten thousand dollars. And if somebody figures out a way to do that, then let's remember to cut me a few points on that.
0: Let's make a website for it.
1: I really should, Email, click I should have said that out loud. But um you know at at the same time, you know uh we have to admit that, you know, there, there's uh, there's better ways to do it you know and, and for not all people it's not all people are going to be as long as us you know I hope to cut you know my buddy Alex in Virginia I hope to God he doesn't have to wait as long as I did
0: to get his black belt. how long has he been training? not long enough
1: I don't know seven or eight years maybe
0: See, and he's running a school
1: he is in virginia they do in, in, Reno in judo yeah. and Jiu Jitsu okay. club um and you know god love him because you know uh he reached he was my student before i had any level of refinement and it was like well let's just smash the living shit out of each other and go to a tournament and see if it
0: works I still got some old guard around from like when I was coming up like that. Did you own a school? No.
1: Well, uh, I ran a school. Okay.
0: Program director.
1: There was a lady that had a daycare that wanted to own her own martial arts school at one point, and she outfitted like wall-to-wall mats, like really nice mats, mirrors everywhere, and then she just got fed up with it. And so she was like you can come in here you can run your own program you do whatever you want to do with the space right and i basically paid rent and i got to run my program and i was the local idiot blue belt running a martial arts program
0: been there yeah yeah i mean that's um i think i was i think i was maybe the first I'm trying to think if there's anybody that owns a school now that's in the association that was coaching or running a program before I was. I don't think there was. Because when I started teaching, Eric was still training with Jonathan Border. Because Eric was Jonathan Border's student originally. <sighs> and then prob- Johnny would have been just starting to train with Caleb at that time. So hell, what year was that? Maybe like... 2007 it would 09 for me I believe yeah. so, so that uh, because like when Caleb and them moved to Northwest Arkansas they closed eventually closed down the Clarksville location like sometime after that but that, at that point is when I had to find something something else to do
1: you know back when I had a blue belt man you could go uh, to pretty much any cage fighting promotion and you could show up and beat everybody
0: up because you had a blue belt it is not that way anymore. <laughs> oh man. Well it's just cause so many people um Well, I mean, think about this. I use this story a lot. Like I love Americanas. Remember when John Jones V toward uh, uh Americana V toward Belfort, uh black belt world champion in an MMA fight, John Jones white belt, V towards white belt and former world champion. Okay.
1: Um hey. Have you you know? We we have to be practical about jujitsu, I, and I think that is important. Like you know, there is an upper limit to all of these techniques that we do, man. You know, like 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 yeah, like oh, you pull on something enough, like it's gonna break. But like, you encounter an opponent that has you know just physical attributes that are a magnitude or order greater than yours. And it can change things real quick.
0: Have you, I have never rolled with this person. He's been talked about on the podcast a few times. You ever rolled with a man named Robert Salinas? Yes, I have. What's that like for you?
1: You know, I, I really appreciate Robert because, um, you know, he, he has the strength that, you know, he, he can stop whatever he wants to. You know, um, and so only the best techniques that I have will will work against him. Um, But you know, I feel like it is a plague to him at the same time because you know it's like okay, it's like we talked about Justin Rader. Like is Justin Rader aware of like being this world champion? Like, like. The it's number hard. of people I respect how that have can, talked about Robert. How some, can how can he how can he understand how much
0: weaker we are than him? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not his fault. Like you know, and and everybody's fighting so hard. You know, and he's like, "What man? Like I'm just doing what you guys are telling me to do, right?" And then everyone because because we lose. I'm a black belt. I'm out. Robert taps me. I lose. And it's like uh
0: Is he a purple belt now?
1: Hold on. And and then what yeah. And then what you do is you go, Wow, man, you're strong. And what does that say? You got no technique. It says, dude, if you weren't so strong, you wouldn't have got me with that. That's what it says, because that's that's the that's what everybody wants to say because you don't want to think that there's this purple belt that just outsmarted you and they got you and and they're stronger than you you know and that's the reality of jiu-jitsu now right is like there are people that like you know their acumen is higher right their their athletic ability is higher and you can't you know you as a black belt like you can't be jealous of that because that's not that's not your path you know i didn't i didn't get here uh, walk, so why do I need to try and and try and chase and attain that? Like, I need to be thankful that Robert's here to keep me humble so that I can try and, you know, figure out a way to better my jiu rather than just you know, look at this purple belt. Aren't you amazed by this? Watch while I dance on your face, right? <laughs> I mean, because otherwise, like, that's what we would do as black belts. We would dance on everybody's face and, like, and then you have guys like that. They're like, "Nah, bro, you ain't dancing. Sit down." And and it's like, okay, "Oh wow, I gotta work." And so you know that's the attitude I take to it. I take to it, and you know uh, I try to remind him as often as possible uh, to not break me. <laughs> I, I, t- I always anytime he's about to break me, I say "tinkerbell," and that's my that's my safe word to him. And I have other people in the gym that I try to get to use it. Because, it, again, like, you know, you have okay. What do you what do you when a white belt comes into your school, you subconsciously we're like, alright, white belt. So like you wanna learn jiu-jitsu, right? Like, watch this. And like it's like, aren't you amazed at how you just end up flattened all your back and like, oh my gosh, I can choke you in all these positions, right? And then you get like some super freak athlete and it's like you put them in their first class and you try to put them on their back and you can't. And it's like, well, I mean, you know,
0: I remember my uh, college roommate who's a specimen, dude, like who's tailback, uh, all state tailback on our football team. One day we were trained. I put him in a triangle. And he just like, he just stood up, <laughs> just, just stood up like like it was nothing. And I like slowly kind of undid my triangle and got back to my feet. And I was like, yeah, hey, we're done here. So,
1: uh, you know, uh, I did jujitsu in Blacksburg, Virginia, home of Virginia Tech. And so we would often get, you know, guys that uh, didn't, you know, make it quite for the wrestling team or the football team or even guys that were just in the offseason and wanted something to do, you know. And I had this guy that was a linebacker. it put, wasn't
0: that Salinas. He was uh, linebacker for the Razorbacks at one point. I, I, I think
1: he was defensive end.
0: Okay. Yeah, you, yeah. yeah.
1: But um, he, uh, I put him in a triangle, and I swear to God, like all he did was sit up. And I and I did. I was stupid, like blue or purple belt at that time, and I, I did one of those triangles. You put your foot behind the back of your knee, and he just sat up and like righted his shoulders. And, like, my foot popped out. It's <laughs> <was> like, ah! <laughs> you know? And uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, I think it it's it's good, you know, because that it, it will keep your ju- – because, you know, that's the thing, man. Like, you know, here's a perfect example. Like, like the whole thing about jujitsu, like, okay, put somebody in a triangle. Just hold on to it. All right, now they're starting to stand up. Yeah, just hold on to it. Nah, bro. No, that is not a good answer. Like, if you want to win a tournament, sure, because there's a rule in the tournament that says, hey, you cannot spike this person down on their head. But that is not the jujitsu that you and I were taught. Because if you would have done that in your first six months of jujitsu, somebody would have picked you up and dropped you on your head, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, we can't do that anymore. So it's become something different.
0: Yeah. Which is cool. Good. I don't want to that about Do you like the slams in you, ADCC, though?
1: I th- for ADCC, yes, yeah, that's ADCC. Yes, that's what they're supposed to do. But that doesn't mean that you know we have to do that. on
0: I like on the our mats um, in, in in you know school. I like the MMA rule. Typically, is that like you can't you can't spike somebody like on this portion of their spine, <sighs> but you can spike them like you can arc them onto their back.
1: I just think, look, man, you know, the, look, we know what it is like. And you you get the guys at that level. And you're like, all right, don't do this and don't do that. Yeah, okay, good luck. (laughs) I mean, you know, because, uh, you know, I'm glad that there are rules like, uh, you know, don't spike somebody on the back of their head. Because, like, obviously nobody wants to see, you know, be a spectator to a sport where the objective is to, like, you know, permanently cripple someone or. Cause someone injury in a way, you know, because nobody like that's. I think that's one of the reasons why people are losing. You know, football is losing popularity. I do too. People are tired of seeing, because now we know what the long term effects of all these injuries are, and so no, so now, when you know there's a pause uh, about uh, you know this guy being carted off the field because he's not moving or whatever now. Yeah, that sparks a whole media conversation about CTE and blah, blah, well, blah. People, and oh, and there's this movie about it. And
0: People having 20 concussions in a career in football and having to retire because they've received their 20th concussion. How many like, concussions did you get in your martial arts training? Mm, that I was charting, probably none. That I was charting. Yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? like, I, I i like i got hit in the head a lot but like never did like i get like rock knocked so out I think, throw up but, I,
1: but you know what but i think that's the thing is that you know the concussion like you know consistent
0: trauma over time i'm worried about how my brain is going to age more than anything and i think that's part of it i think we see these guys that are like 40 years well, old and their brains aging
1: okay, but you know what and so here's the thing Good news for you and I. Yes, we should be concerned and we should be highly aware of those things. Okay. And, and, and yes, that can, come, but you know what? Thank God for evolution because our bodies are extremely resilient and, and built it, 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 very tough, right? The tolerances that these guys playing the NFL are working with are insane. You're talking about, Three hundred plus pound men that can run twenty miles an hour.
0: I remember I worked like my whole my whole football career to be able to run like under a 4940 and then I when I got and that's to college, the slowest
1: guy on the field. In NFL. Oh,
0: dude! Like, yeah. well, like I met like a three hundred pound lineman yeah, that could just like four put seven. put yeah put four, the seven. four seven down, and I was like, what? Yep. Like this is my like my pinnacle was and i was and i was i got I was, I was well, maybe 200 pounds maybe and was in you know decent shape at the time It was like had played football like my whole junior high and high school career and yeah well
1: and i think you know i think too you know that's part of the reason why leg locks have become so uh, such a, a big thing in jiu jitsu is because you know there there is quite a bit of uh of you know strength involved in defeating someone's upper body and holding them down so that you can you well, know our legs are
0: it. so strong too. what do you think about spine locks like like we did and the twister th- today th- but like dude, i think cranks. you should
1: let it, just, you know, it is your responsibility when you're participating in a submission grappling art to tap and and you, it should be done with you know hopefully you train with a partner you trust but you know Hey, if you feel like like I was telling you about that guy that former NFL defensive end that I used to train with in Virginia was a black belt. Dude, he he would he would put he would just wrap his legs around me and squeeze and I think I was going to pop so I just and when I say I think I was going to pop like I don't know what it was, but man it was, I tapped because it it something was not going to be good. You know, it's people with a
0: squeeze, and I don't
1: know what that was, but like, you know, I I took that as my response. It's not his responsibility to make sure that he's doing the proper lock and that, oh, you know, there's this rule that says you can't do that. Like, nah, man, you know, because that's the thing is like real jujitsu, like, you have to be aware of the danger of any position against any type of attacker, and like, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Like, that's why Robert's important. It's like, no, 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 no. Against a much bigger, stronger opponent, like you cannot hang out and guard. No, nah, you can't sit here and just try them and get this arm bar because somebody will pick you up and spike you down on the ground. You know, and that's one of the biggest things I hate when people are like, oh, self defense for women. Oh, I hate that. You know, I I I used to do private lessons in Virginia, and I had this girl that was like, oh, I went private lessons. I'm going to be traveling to India, and I went to learn self defense. And I was like, what do you want to learn? And I was, and I, I was doing the ma- this Mastro defense system. I was doing this combatives with this yeah, guy. I've heard of that. Uh, Steven Vandenberg. It was the guy I was training with, and he was beating dog shit out of me at the time. And it was great. But, you know, it was so relevant to what she wanted. And I was like, oh, I've been doing these combatives, and let's, let's do this. And she was like, oh, well, I was hoping you'd teach me jujitsu. And I was like, well, show me your, most, your, your, your self-defense technique that, that you think is your best technique. And she lay down in front of me and was like, Here I'm gonna do a triangle and I was like, Okay. And so I was like, put your triangle in and she put her triangle in. I was like, Is it locked in? And she was like, Yeah and I said, When I say go, I'll finish it, okay? And she's a little girl. And I was like, Go And I immediately stood up and I was like, If I don't like you, I just I just immediately pile drive you into the ground right now. You know,
0: and what did she say?
1: She was kind of taken aback, but the thing that I explained to her was like, look at the position you conceded before you started defending yourself.
0: You was said, she just like working from the point that she would end up there and her logic of like, oh, like I'm a smaller person, he's going to try and get between my legs.
1: Well, my point was that like we need to think of this as that this is not like as an answer, like she she came to me. And she said, I am going to India. I am traveling alone. I want to defend myself. And I thought, talking about a triangle is not the most efficient means of our time. time. Yeah, Right? We can talk about that, but if you think that the extent of your ability to defend yourself should be in doing this triangle, I think that it's not
0: <laughs> yeah it, yeah just like where you put that on the spectrum it's a, it's a I mean this isn't lethal weapon one okay when mo Gibson put Gary Busey in that triangle in the very end fight scene which was cool and choreographed by Warren Gracie but like what you're saying it's like somebody can just pick you up and slam you on the concrete and then after you hit the concrete your head hits the concrete like let's say they slam Absolutely. you on your back and then that secondary you, you know and you, you crack your head open and then then it's done then they can do whatever they want to you and especially if that's like I wouldn't you know like honestly like kind of like the same size as me in the neighborhood like I wouldn't want to pick you up but it's like somebody like if you're talking like with your, your girl it's like self defense it's like they're lighter than you it's not going to strain my back it's going to be easier to get up underneath you like you're definitely going for a ride absolutely yeah yeah that's um. and,
1: and, and you know and I just and I think that jiu-jitsu taught in that sense has a, a completely different context because it has a different set of priorities than the than the type of jiu-jitsu that we would teach to uh, accomplish the submission that is legal in a tournament
0: yeah. Well, that's why I love stand stand up jujitsu jitsu a lot. Whether that's judo, whether it's aikido I've integrated or whether it's just techniques I've learned from wrestling that I've integrated or just like techniques I've learned at jiu-jitsu seminars and and training, but it's like so like standing jiu-jitsu is it, it can be very efficient. Like this book right here, I got tell people about it all the time. Have you ever looked at this?
1: Absolutely I have. This was actually the bible of the program that i came from last that i've I've trained in a few places
0: i couldn't even afford that book the the whole time i was in college i
1: trained was hybrid martial arts at Roanoke, virginia and this was their uh their curriculum like just word for word this is it um because they they are a pedro sawyer affiliate oh i love pedro dude and um you know People would ask, like, you know, what's the curriculum, and he'd be like, "Go buy this book." So yeah, and I and I think, it, and you know, yes, because, you know, it it was it's it it, it was a comprehensive martial art. It, there there's there's a knife defense in here, right? There's a defense against a
0: chair, correct? Yes, and again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. A couple so, of not club. I mean, but those are just these are like the top moves from the judo self defense kata. And
1: so here's my whole thing, right? Is that we need to like to to make jujitsu continue to be the forefront. We need to incorporate like updated elements, right? And and just let it and just let, let it be its its own thing, you know um and, and and not not be like no this is jujitsu we only do jujitsu right uh because quickly that's how people don't do takedowns that's how we only start our knees at the beginning of class that's how we don't do wrist locks
0: that's, i remember when i first how, became aware that starting from your knees was bullshit. that's hey
1: that's that's i was not allowed to do footlocks when i started jujitsu
0: i was i was strongly discouraged for, uh and i I I just like man thinking back on all that.
1: And when we did jujitsu, when we did foot locks and jujitsu class, we would start in like this like neutral position with a straight ankle lock on each other, and we'd be like ready go, and then whoever finished the other person first, and then we'd start again. We'd switch and do the other foot, and then go back and then forth and then back and then forth, and that was leg lock training. Wow.
0: <laughs> like I remember I just totally avoided them like they weren't taught really like they kind of were It's it, like when Inferno was in Clarkside, I learned a few leg locks but like they were just discouraged because of the like even the colored belt ranks like you can't do an IBJJF slicers and stuff until brown and at that time Mike and Caleb were like blue and purple belts like they weren't doing them either I think that's one of the common fallacies that people commit is like well I can't do that until such and such belt but it's like yeah but are you are going to be a white belt Here's the
1: thing that I cling to. You are are deluded in thinking you ever have any control over any type of real combative exchange. You have no control. We have more of a perceived control against each other because we have all these scripted responses that we expect each other to follow. Right. But the media, you know, the the moment you meet someone from another grappling art that moves in a way that, you you know, is unexpected, you know, it kind of breaks the rhythm of everything you do. Right. And, you know, I just um, I I think that, you know, we need to kind of let jujitsu incorporate those elements and, you know, don't you know uh don't don't say it's purely this or pure, purely that because you know that that element's exactly what led to me you know not having as much awareness about leg lock
0: attacks how long, how how old, uh, long have you been training what belt when you first started getting more into leg locks i started trying
1: to do knee bars when i was a brown belt just because you know, I was like, oh, you know, you can all, you can just punch somebody in the face. But to go back to my point, like, you know, that's true. But, like, even in an exchange where, like, you can punch somebody in the face, like, you know, you might end up in this leg lock position. Like, my buddy does Sambo. He's got a uh, shout-out to Antoine in Rono. He'll put you – Antoine will put you in the bear trap, and you ain't going nowhere. I don't, I don't even remember what the bear trap is, but I remember he put me in it, and I was just – I was confounded.
0: So how did you respond when you did, by pre you doing knee bars at Brown Belt, like running across people like Antoine and they would have your number? I
1: just muscled through it. To be honest, like I I was just, I was so aggressive and just, and and I I honestly think I just willed through it, you know? And of course there were people that were, you know, skilled enough to me. They'd give me and I'd have to tap, but like, that's where the, the, Poor programming that I had it was like. Well, next time, <laughs> I'll just push harder, right? Instead of being like, "Man, maybe I need to."
0: Did you pick up a, a lot of injuries over the years with <laughs> with that mentality? Other than like, I mean, you no, told me that seemed like your no, pack was because more it fun. wasn't.
1: It, it wasn't like a real active struggle. It wasn't like I was actively saying, "Nah, screw that." Like I'm not going to learn that, right? It, it's a subconscious thing. I mean, think about it. You don't after every after every t- tap you make you don't make an you don't make a self you know an individual assessment after every tap right but but after every tap like you ever notice you get tapped on the same things over and over and over
0: you then you make wow. an evaluation
1: but like yeah but like why wow. like why is that happen? you know what i'm saying and, and so uh i think i think some of that you have to be honest with yourself and like you have to put yourself in a position of weakness and and that is very hard for us you know and for me it was because like i you know i always I always wanted to to be the person smashing everybody you know because i
0: mean it was just I, isn't I, it weird we find we find validation in that
1: i just like the intensity of it because that's the truth of the matter right like that's what i'm getting at. like we're doing like a grappling submission art like it is like, yeah, it's the gentle art, but like, dude, come on, like, let's just be real. Like, I want to smash your fucking face. And like, not because like a proving thing, but like, if somebody really wants to hurt you, that's what they're going to do, right? And so, if we're really doing jujitsu, there has to be some element of that intensity incorporated into it. Not on every role with every partner, but it is essential to the training and to the potency of the art to be maintained. Because the moment everybody's doing soft rolls at 50%, you know, it can it can fall off real quick, I think. You know, because then it's like, uh, you know, you get some guy that had some wrestling experience in high school and he can blow through all that, right?
0: Dude, I had two guys come in somewhat recently. One from Virginia, might I add. Um, his name was Tesley. What a weird name! I like it though, like like Tesla and Leslie mm-hmm. combination. But then this other guy from New York, and uh, you have a horrible Yankee accent. Sorry, man. it's okay. It more. I can't like do a, it either. I kind of like sound, sound like a Southern. Do I sound
1: like I have a Northern accent to you?
0: You have a different accent. I wouldn't, which is, I wouldn't chalk up the way you talk as I Southern. Think, you know, I think
1: my year in Arkansas, I've picked out, I've picked up a bit of the. Uh, the little the, the
0: tone of your voice is what's interesting more so than I would say the accent of how you like your pronunciation. But yet you, your your vo, your voice has an interesting tone to it.
1: It's from the synagogue.
0: Nice Jewish tone.
1: That's right? what it is.
0: Yeah. It's, from, it's, it's all the it's all the it's, it's all the old
1: Jew, Jewish ladies tell me not to eat cheeseburgers because oh, good Jewish boys don't eat cheeseburgers.
0: True. You better get that fish I'm sandwich. Not a good Jewish boy, unfortunately. Bro, you just telling me about Mrs. going to get cheeseburgers box. earlier. Um, uh, yeah, that's uh, what were we were talking about before we got off on that. T- no, uh, oh, oh, okay. Man. Yeah, but yeah, these, these kids had come in seven and nine years of wrestling. And then they, they, and one of them had trained with some dude up in New York, the Soul Fighters guy, who's famous. I forget his name. But he's just like here working at the nuke plant. Came in with nine years of wrestling. He's got like a tip on his white belt. And I was like, dude, you're like... You're one of the fakest white belts I've ever seen.
1: So why do you think, you know, uh, what do you think about programs that take forever to promote their students? Like, you know, it it, it's like, like, you know, like if a student comes to their instructor, and like, hey, what do I need to get to blue belt? And the instructor's response is show up to class. And then that's it. What do you think about that?
0: I I personally take like five different things into account on a student when I go to like grading them, like and ranking them. I'm like, okay, how long you been doing this? How long you been doing it at your current See, belt? and you're already
1: like, answering my question in a completely different way. Because see, you, you completely missed the point of my question because my whole point was that in, in some environments it's like, yo, what the who the hell do you think you are asking me to get you blue belt?
0: Oh, yeah. I was raised and, that way, right? Don't but, talk, don't talk to me about rank, because your your immediate approach was, well, I have a few things that I like to do, and the first thing I like to do in my
1: evaluation is right, and that is completely different than the experience you will get, and so that's my whole thing, because so wouldn't you say, you know, you say that that was your experience too? What do you think about that old school way versus what we're trying to accomplish?
0: I think it's damaging because. So why is it like that? Uh, I don't know. And then here's where here's where like the one of the first places I saw is when we switched that system of like the old school promotions. Like, because here's what happened is I ended up being give me the gauntlet. Uh, uh, no, no, we used to get thrown though.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, I I was
0: throwing people at the first black belt conference. We're not I doing too. that shit anymore. Not at my school fuck that
1: I always thought of it like as a jovial thing like I never really threw anybody
0: hard you know how the white belts getting blue belts think about it they're fucking scared dude they're so scared they don't want to come to rank review because you got a monster like John that gets off on slamming you into the mat and has a judo black belt and he's gonna throw you after you've been thrown 20 times yeah like it's a liability to our students and I was like we're not doing it anymore
1: see how he's look forward to that stuff
0: you look forward to it because you get to throw an underbelt.
1: No, no, no! Like when when it was my turn to get
0: thrown. Like I saw Nate get thrown by his ring finger. How would you like that?
1: All right.
0: Like by Danny Drink. Like grabbed Nate when Nate got his brown belt. Drink grabbed him by his ring finger and threw him, and Nate like made a sound I'll never forget. He goes. Uh, like it was like he was like going over a hill on a roller coaster or something like 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 when he went up and jumped into the flip he was like
1: ah. oh, yeah. and so dream took me um down an interesting path at the last weeping conference and and i will again have to give a shout out to eddie thomas for teaching me a keto and teaching me how to forward roll like i have life in my in my veins because drink just made a quick change in direction on his and I had to do a forward flip, is all I'd really call it, as quick you, as you, possible. It does become a flip,
0: <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I'm I, I didn't know I could jump over another exactly. human being like that. Exactly, I didn't know
1: I could roll that quickly, and and I and I was very and I was very specific about doing it in place because I knew that like if I rolled outward away from him, it was going to get tighter. So I had to like roll
0: very quickly in place like immediately in front of him and then he just knees you after you get down there or something
1: man just when he knocks on your door just lay on the floor man
0: (laughs) he's just like like like, sir my door is unlocked i am on my belly with my fingers laced behind my head (laughs) (laughs) Like, dude have you i've trained law enforcement with that guy before and like one time he was put he had his he had me down in the cuffing position like his knees pinched around my shoulder and he had me jacked that wrist lock and his shin was like had my ear folded and, up and, and so
1: you know there's the question there's the answer to our question is like it was like before like martial source was all about killing people right i mean let's be real like you know i mean like really it was much more you know visceral thing and 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 so you know uh, now you know obviously that's not our objective and so you know, it, it kind of ha- we have to change the attitude. Like, it can't. It's Jason
0: Ryan's objective. I can't bro. have that same pistols and knives. Have you man. seen that guy strapped? Okay, he's got weapons oh, on him.
1: We are so we are so confused. Come on, man. Like we like, like I, you I and like I? I like no just jujitsu practitioners like um, practitioners of all martial arts. Like you know, like we put on like expensive garments. And like we do, like pre-scripted role. Like we're not, we're none of us are that really that dangerous. Like we're, we're more dangerous than people that yell at the TV screen that watch NFL. You ever been to a UFC? No, not two one.
0: No. That that is one thing I will never forget about going to live UFC is the people in the audience like like going to local shows is bad yeah and they're drunk or whatever but like the the armchair experts in the usc audience that are arguing with other people and yet the things are yelling i don't know if it's because they're drunk or what but it is a wild man
1: uh remember when i said earlier that like our in our culture that um like persistent ignorance has become a commodity <laughs> yeah you know, and so that's the thing is, it's like you know, it, everybody has seen an Armar video, and so you're like, man, why didn't you just do this?"
0: Here's my favorite one. Um, I, like, we were at some fights one time in Arkansas, it's like Little Rock, and somebody there was a drunk fan, and there, there was like a there was like a striking exchange going on, and somebody goes, "Vaughn Blue," right. Like a striking exchange von flu choke uh and a drunk audience it was just like there was like a lull and like that's all you heard was born
1: okay. let's talk about the old school pride fights okay back in japan you hear a pin drop
0: oh yeah audience is silent. so
1: that's the whole thing is like is like when it came to america like there was an entire shift because like you know all that kind of stuff was disrespectful because martial arts being so much a part of the culture, like they knew the sacrifice, like these people, like they knew, like really what that specialization meant. It wasn't like, man, Nate Diaz gonna get in there. He gonna whip his ass,
0: boy. <laughs> that that ba- that Banff belt, dude.
1: You know, I, and hey man, that's a real thing too. I mean, let's not discredit that,
0: right? Dude, is okay. So is this really happening? Is is Masvidal really fighting um, Nick Diaz? I gotta look at my.
1: Why uh, not, dude? That's what I'm saying. Is like you know what? These guys are basically doing with UFC what we're doing with like podcasts and stuff. Like these guys are their own brand. Like what the the what belt? The what? shut up man that is some made up shit well too it is it is and it's but but you know what it is millions and millions and millions of dollars and you know what uh that's that's pretty real to me
0: i bet that's pretty real to them yeah it is it is and it's like what's crazy is that they created this other thing that's not a, a, a like a title belt
1: but it garnered excitement and energy from the fan base, and well, oh man, now it's its own thing.
0: Well, what to think about this is that belt could theoretically travel to any weight class.
1: I didn't think about that.
0: Like that could end up. In, well,
1: no. No. What about athletic commissions?
0: Okay. Okay. So let's say this because
1: don't athletic commissions they don't allow open weight class fights anymore, do they? Well,
0: no. But look at. Uh, Nate Diaz is 170, but the vast majority of his fights are 155. So, like, what if he would have won and then he took on a 155 challenger? Then they beat him, and then that 155 was Max Holloway, and he ended up fighting 45er. So it's like it could because people skip and once, dude, once the 55 to welterweight jump goes away, like once it's 55 to 65 and 65 to 75 and 75, like once they get rid of that gap.
1: I really wish they would bring back open weight classes.
0: Because. i wish i wish we could get some more like uh not i hate long ter- long form tournaments but like a one night eight man tournament and stuff like that
1: because let's be real man. like not everybody is going to choose to do the open weight classes right but like that is and that is so entertaining as a fan yeah because we remember dude you remember it was it hoisted that, that freaking kimura that sumo wrestler uh, was what the is most, that guy's chemo? That was the most amazing thing that I'd ever know. This I thought, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think was you it are chemo? Right. K I M O. I think so. Man, that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. You know, because you would never think before that, and that and you could tell the guy that got chemo, he didn't think it was going to work either.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know. So, I'm trying to think. Of, did did that guy fight the guy in one boxing glove? I'm trying to think. I need to go back and rewatch some of those. The early. dragon. Yeah. Oh man.
1: The dragon. You're talking about the black dude.
0: Yes. Yes. You know, the I, 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 yeah. I don't want to break my hand. I'm gonna whip this. Hey dude.
1: man. He 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 was a legit guy for a long time. You know. But that's that's the thing. Is okay. Because I came from the karate background, and the thing was when jiu-jitsu started becoming popular. All my karate friends were like, "Well,
0: oh no, I but don't, I can never I don't be think taken that down." To the chemo, ground. chemo is uh,
1: this dude. Chemo is a white guy. Yeah, you know, it was. It was uh, I think it was uh, either a either sumo wrestler. Or I can't remember. I thought it was a sumo wrestler, a Japanese dude.
0: Emmanuel right? Yarbrough? That's not him. Uh, Joe Song?
1: But you know what I'm talking about, where he's underneath the 600 pound <laughs> dude.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I got. Yeah, here's the fight right here it doesn't say who though Yeah. hold on I'll just throw it up on the uh, on the TV here oh wrong TV (coughs) studio TV dude YouTube is such a wonderful thing and then like once I made it to where I can just throw it from my phone to right here uh, even better
1: yeah this is exactly what I was talking about Okay, let me ask you this: Have you ever seen old school Vale Tudo fights?
0: Yeah, Holy like in Brazil.
1: Shit. Yeah. Shout out to Bob Gracie, <laughs> who is Bob Gracie probably knows more jujitsu. He was given that name Bob Gracie by Henzo. Henzo Henzo hang, hung out with him and, and started calling him Bob Gracie and. Uh, Bob gave me some video of some old school volley Tudor footage from back in the day and I watched them fight and I was like oh oh this is where this is why because like they, there, there was no prize there was no you know and they were they were crammed into what looked like this like you know sports hall like an old basketball gym like it looked like it was crammed crammed full of people and this little like platform that had literal, seen ropes, I've seen before? had literal ropes on the outside of it people came in right the first fight i saw on this thing come out ding ding dude gets cracked in the nose square in the nose collapses in the middle of the ring and like there's blood everywhere and he crossed the outside of the ring and grabs the ropes he's trying to get out and his opponent goes and grabs him the referee pries his hands off the ropes and drags him back into the middle and then the guy finishes him with a rear naked choke, but like everybody jumps in the ring and it takes like eight people to drag him off because he won't let go
0: of the choke. Well, you know. And have, that's, you seen, that's, have you seen Have you seen Hicks Valley Tudo That's pilots?
1: Valley Tudo. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it, <laughs> oh, sick.
0: Yeah, that's gonna break, dude. That's how I I just recently. I bet he let,
1: I bet he let that break.
0: I just recently showed a Kimura yep. variation yeah, like that, that from yeah. an plata.
1: That's broken. I guarantee you that's just broken
0: what's okay did you gotta check this out hickson this is i believe this is in choke this uh clip here um hickson rezulu this is it i usually have this hooked up so it comes into our earphones Okay. This. It,
1: yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a. I don't know why it's showing uh, montages, but have that is ever, Hickson and Zulu right there.
1: Have you ever? Have you ever broken concrete or bricks?
0: Uh, no, no, only boards. You, bro, don't get me started on sidekicks with Chuck Norris, okay? Because I'll set those bricks on fire and line
1: I I it. really think that breaking bricks. Uh, was interesting to me in a lot of ways as a martial arts practitioner.
0: Uh, it would be inter I mean I'm into like Makawari type work for sure.
1: Th- okay. well, not only that, but like honestly like if you if you if you do a quick calculation of all the inertia that you can generate in a in a strike like yeah you can break through a piece of concrete and that's the thing that you learn is that through proper right execution of the technique they're like you can tr- generate tremendous amounts of force you know and you kind of in order to do it you have to believe in it right because like if you have any doubt oh, yeah. about hitting a block of concrete it's not going to go
0: your way okay watch when he chokes him out
1: yeah he's holds him
0: right uh, okay i guess i i don't know if we just couldn't see it on that there so he hickson and zulu fought twice but there's a clip, and I remember this is the first time. It was. It had to have been from Choke, because Mike is who turned me on to Choke. But when Hickson is choking him out, that dude is reaching back, digging his fingers into Hickson's face. yeah, Like, just like. like. So,
1: you know, Henzo always used to tell us that um, biting, uh, eye gouging, uh, fish hook all used to be acceptable in jiu-jitsu, uh, as well as using your gi. To suffocate people. So so that. taping, you're taking the, your your gi your and unraveling it and wrapping it over somebody's face and just trying to suffocate them. I do that. You know, and he was like, oh, you know, back you in the day. With you with your if, belt? He's like, if you can't get it all out of an arm bar, he's like, I just, you know, somebody just bite you. I
0: sure. mean, yeah. you'd do an old check to get out of it. An, well, anything. Man, I can't get behind that, man. I'll Man, I don't know. You wouldn't insert something into another man's butthole to get out of a submission? Bro, we're rec- too recreational these days. Dude, I've done that at least a dozen times. To probably 10 different people. This is one person I used to do it all the time.
1: Fine, dude. You can have the top position in this three-minute pajama roll. <laughs> in this three-minute pajama roll, I can see the top position because you're willing to put your finger in my butt crack. Dude, Over.
0: sometimes it's the big toe if you're getting out of a knee bar. I just wanna, I just want to throw that out there.
1: You know, I but you know it, that that is where the tailbone is, bro. I put my shins and my hooks there all the time to lift people. I know it's like
0: I, I love that kick kick out from the back. I did that to Jason. You'll you'll probably because I edited some uh, footage of he and I rolling. You'll probably see that when I get our little uh, little videos out. So
1: you know, jitsu is such that like you know, even somebody like Jason Ryan can have something to say.
0: It is, Dude, I mean, it's for everybody I, I mean it, we live in a world where Jason Ryan was just on a podcast and, and we'll have more videos of himself on a YouTube channel that gets a lot of views it's a scary world well
1: you know I mean, I mean we've Ryan talked to a, him
0: we talked about him at least 10 times Jay, I, Jason
1: Ryan has a very good analytical mind you know and he likes modeling success and, and he chooses to model somebody that obviously has had the most success right now and so, you know, um, I like learning techniques from Jason because, you know, again, that's not something that I've concentrated and spent a lot of time on. And so, you know, uh, he's, he's a very, very important resource to me as far as like my journey and doing that. Cause I don't get to train with Braden every day. Yeah. You know, um, and and you know that that particular style that he's trying to emulate is kind of its own thing too. You know, because that's that's what it was very confusing because like I chose to try to start doing leg locks late in the game.
0: I was and, purple and, belt,
1: and like I got real. Hu- <laughs> Even recently, I've been real hungry about leg lock information, so I'm going to this guy and that guy. I'm do you like, have do you uh, like and, the
0: Donoher stuff?
1: No, I have, well, I have a log. I have a log in if you want. To, yeah, okay, I have access. Okay, but like you know, the thing is, is like. Everybody does it so differently.
0: Yeah, and I mean, so, you Craig Jones, uh, Lachlan uh, Giles, everybody's got kind of their own little flares.
1: And so that's kind of the thing is it's just like finding some, to me, finding relative points of entry to what I already do so that that way I can use it in a context that's relevant to what I'm already doing so I don't have to make an extreme shift away from what I'm doing. I can just incorporate and then expand from there
0: for sure yeah. that's what's so different Um, like where I'm at like just working with Braden the other day is he, and we were talking about this before we went to the gym is like the leg lock positions are what I've I just went through the same thing with like side control and mount like I like learned I was like yeah yeah it's a position cool show me all the cool shit to do from there and then like, I went back full circle, and I was like, this is a position. I hold them here, and then all of these things be, or, are, you know, present themselves. It's like the, the heads and tails of the coin of static pinning holding you down, you can't move, versus movement.
1: So you know, have you ever have you ever done a technique and then you meet somebody that's better than you and you realize it's not a technique anymore? It's like, it's <laughs> Dude, just, that's where I, it's I am. Like some weird fascination you had against people that weren't as good as like you. like Braden with the
0: freaking <laughs> clover leaf, man. Like he's told me twice he doesn't believe in that move a year apart, and he's just like, yeah, go ahead and do it to me, and I could so here, not.
1: Here's the thing, man. You know, but see, look, I'm telling you, man, his mind is different too. You know, and he has that competitor spirit, like the the extreme competitive survivalist spirit that most people have no relative context of. Where it's like, you know, go ahead and pull on that foot, and it's going to have to pop a few times before he even flinches. Like, nah that you're gonna have, you're gonna have to get it to pop a few times before you get a reaction, before you start to get a reaction, right? Because most people don't even want that first pop to go. Yeah. You know, so so when you're trying, you know, when you're, that's a different tolerance. So, you know, uh, but I feel like that's why his leg lock is so or so serious and so dangerous, because those are the tolerances. It's like, nah, bro, I ain't tapping that little, you know, limp Dude, wrist stuff right away. there. Yeah, nah. Like, yeah. you're going to have to break it.
0: Yeah. Dude, uh, he is he is something else. I was I was super happy I got to sit down with him. So this has been like? Because I do the jujitsu show periodically, but between he, him coming on and then, and I'm really uh, glad that somebody you, this, like
1: him that's that's so good, that's so much better than me, is a nice guy.
0: <laughs> I'm glad he's on our team. <laughs> no kidding. I hope no. he does well at Nogi Worlds, man. I'm excited for him. Um and. Uh, I, did he compete in uh Nashville the other day or was that oh, just area? I don't I don't think I think maybe maybe
1: he's competing this weekend. I know he was raising funds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's so humble too, man. When he came through he's like I was like I, he did a pro, an hour long private lesson with me in the podcast and I was just like uh Yeah, dude, how much for the private? And he's like, dude, this is just just okay. like some gas might give me 20 bucks and I was like, bro, come on.
1: So I talked to, and I don't know, again, I don't know Brayden a but here's my thing. Was like He was like, well, I'm not as good in the gi. And then I put the gi on, and I just started, like, passing his guard. And, like, I was so confused because I was like, how could I go from not having any ability to do anything at all except sit here and get tapped to just, like, passing this guy? Pass, 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 smash, smash, smash. <coughs> and, and, you know, I think in a way it's because he's trying to adhere to a rule set.
0: Because it's a sports I, he, psychology. Well, he goes. Sure.
1: He goes. Well, I can't do this to you. And I said, Well, yeah, you can. He's like, But we're wearing a gi. And I was like, Dude, I don't care if we're wearing a gi. I was like, you can tap me with whatever you want to. But in his mind, he's so fixed on like the particular rule sets of gi versus no gi that he really just. I think there's when we put a gi on out of kindness to us. He's not doing all that stuff. And he's like, oh, man, you guys are so much better than me still. <laughs> Dude, that's funny.
0: Well, uh, that's the the psychology behind that is interesting. Because it's just like you were talking about earlier with, like, well, I was a brown belt. And then the next day I was a black belt. And I had all these psychological sort of changes in the way, like, that was for me. Like, him is something as simple as, like, like the Clark Clark Kent Superman Ab, yeah. sort of metaphor is like, oh, you're just a normal person, and or like you have these superhuman abilities we can't cope with. Who was it the other day that came in from somebody uh, somewhere out of town?
1: Look, man, Josh
0: Root does. But people come to our school and get heel hooked in the ghee, and it blows their mind because they don't train heel hooks at all.
1: But here's the thing, he has he has he has some natural athletic talent, right? And he has focus and determination that is beyond a level that most people can comprehend. And then that that amounts to a skill that is superior that most people are like, Whoa, what is that? Because like, you know, that guy probably locked himself in a closet and did heel hooks for four years, right? So let's not say that man, he's just so lucky that it just comes natural to him.
0: Cause I doubt he does like 30, 35 hours a week right now. Yeah. Like, and not to mention his total time. I mean, and that's why I think that we shouldn't be sandbagging people because like when you deny somebody that's put the time in and they have the skill level for any reason and, and like to uh, particularly to see it okay. happen with competitors, makes yes, you sick.
1: I'm a, okay. So I want to, I want to ask, I want to talk cause I want to talk about this. I'm glad we started talking about this. Cause I have a student in Virginia that, um, she competed recently. She's a blue belt. She's been a blue belt for a long time, <coughs> and we you know, we talked about her purple belt and, and what she wants to get out of her pursuit for purple belt because she's trained in another school, and because specifically how this relates to Braden is letting competition or your ability to tap people be the metric in promotion not who's better because here's the thing is we should be able to allow blue belts to be better than black belts mm-hmm. it's just the way it is dude but hey little one wait your turn yeah you know it because because here's the thing is like you know tara went to this tournament she didn't do well she was like i don't even deserve to be a purple belt and, and I know Tara extremely well and the things that she has overcome and achieved in her life with Jiu Jitsu being the center focal point for like her her positive progression in life it's, it''s it's very inspirational to me. She is one of the most remarkable people that I've known to practice martial arts because of what she's been able to overcome and achieve and um, I found it very discouraging that she discounted her worthiness of the next rank because she didn't do well at the tournament yeah and and I think it's i think equally like we should not exalt people that win because the struggle and the progression that that time of progression the length of progression allows people to mature on the inside to change on the inside because like you don't want a blue belt that can kill everyone to suddenly be put as like okay this is the guy that we're going to let lead the circus now cuz he's going to be like well, we just kill everybody and then it all falls apart because it's not just about that like like ultimately like yes like the the like the end of like a, a one-on-one competitive exchange where you have a referee and a nice matted surface to grapple each other like yes that is the it's what we're trying to achieve. But you know, the, the like keeping the martial arts culture intact and like creating uh uh, uh trying to better the martial arts than and then the than the state in which you received it, you know, ultimately is the goal. So
0: here's here's one thing that's that's Something that I've given a lot of thought to is like, do you think that ranking should come down to the mood and or perceptions of one to two individuals? Because like like what like we've talked about old school differences we've talked about how much of a lens sport is to view jujitsu under and how that's very it's very real but it's like at the same time it's like dude I, I think honestly, there should be boards and committees for all the stuff that we're talking about
1: I think well okay uh, I think you you have to be uh, I think the easiest way. Is to just be like, you know what, you come to this amount of classes, you you practice this amount of time, I'll just rank you. And 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 that's how it's supposed to be a black belt. And it's your journey, and you know, if you want to get to a black belt and everybody in the room can tap you, then dude, that's your black belt that everybody in the room taps you with. Congratulations. You have a black belt and everybody in the room can tap you. You know, I mean... If that's what you want to do, I mean, you know. Well,
0: and that's like, dude, that's like a far extreme. Sure. Like, you know.
1: Absolutely. You know, it, it, but at, at the same time, you know, okay, let me tell you, one of the most discouraging experiences I had, I was teaching uh, an older gentleman, probably like 75, 78 years old, retired thoracic surgeon, Pravis Sajadi, shout out Pravis, in Salem, Virginia. See, you think he's going to watch this? He he very well very well might, I hope so. You know, he's one of Master Thomas's original students. He started training jujitsu with me. And I had a jiu-jitsu instructor and I went to my jiu-jitsu instructor and I and, and you know Pravies had been training with me for like three or four years, and I was like, you know, I really want Pravies to like attain his blue belt because I mean, he's he's getting older and like but he he shows up and rolls with like twenty year old guys. Mm-hmm. And for for like a year and a half he worked on just being flexible enough to get into, ga- into combat base. Because his, his body his, was his not. His
0: age and his knees, yeah. He couldn't he even flexible. do it. So
1: he spent a year and a half doing private lessons with me just to get flexible <coughs> enough to be able to move around. Okay, And then he would come to class, and like and he, he hung in there. He'd roll with 20-year-old guys, and I had good guys. And like they knew that you messed with these, me, I will fucking kill you. Seriously, they're no, like, okay, like, we had a karate guy that, that hit Pravis in the eye. Pravis had had cataract surgery to remove a cataract for me to hit in the eye, and I, I kicked him through a wall. And then Alex knocked him out. Shout out, Alex.
0: Yeah. After, like, right after the... Like,
1: in karate class, no, like, three years after, because, you know, like gravity, all things rotate around the sun, and, you know, eventually it's Everything comes around. Bro, I waited and waited and waited and wait like really because this guy was like yeah I hit him in the eye that old man he came at me like he was going to do something and I showed him what was up and I was like oh you did okay and I waited three years noted I waited three years and then I kicked him through a wall and then the karate instructor separated us and then he went with Alex and Alex jacked him up real bad Jack Alex probably threw the nastiest right hand I've ever seen in my life
0: (laughs) were y'all just like MMA sparring or what
1: Karate points sparring, but we were very upset because that because like I looked at Alex and Alex knew, like yes, this is the this is it, this is what we because Alex was in the room with me when that guy anyway back to Probies, so I went to my jujitsu instructor and I was like hey you know this guy been training me like and what do we have to do? Like, you know, I really want to be promoted to blue belt. And his, his answer was like, well, you know what, man, some people just aren't blue belts. And it was kind of like this thing of like, well, because he can't crush these people, he's never worthy. And like, I was like, no,
0: how did your ranking work at that time? Like, yeah, like the one person made all the decisions. Like
1: you, you were the, the, what we were told was you were, you're, uh, testing every time you step on the mat, so it's like, what do I need to do to get better? Show up to class. Well, I mean, are there certain things that I need to work on? Yeah, your jujitsu. When, like, like, am I getting close? Not any closer than you were yesterday.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, and, and and I think that's a very I I, I get you know because people when they do that they're like, oh, I'm old school. But really, I think that that's like, yeah, I mean, you're, you, you, you just don't have the facilities to properly approach people's questions because cause it, it, it challenges you in a way. Mm. Because like as a black belt, you're like, what do I mean? I can tap everybody. You just have to listen to me. You know but that's that's not really the world we live in anymore like we're, we're offering people like you know an exercise class so like this is a service industry
0: well there is a little bit of that too and like i think that all martial arts school owners need to take a healthy study a course or watch youtube videos on a little something called consumer behavior because i'm telling you like almost everything you have ever remarked on or anyone has ever remarked on that i do differently in my business i don't do all things perfect but not even close has been related to some concept that i've rooted in my study of consumer behavior and, and and giving the people what they want and like that's why I like the oversight of the old guard sometimes prevents that and and ultimately affects your business because consumers don't work that
1: but way. But my only thing is just that if, if, if the only measure that we have of rank is who you can beat and who you can't beat, Justin Raider's a black belt. Every one of us are still white belts, bro.
0: The only so, person so like, who's got you, more mentions than Justin Rager who, on this podcast is Jason Ryan and Braden.
1: So so it's like who who in who in the world, you know, ever deserves to tell somebody like because like, like, yeah, it's like 70 year old guy is not gonna be competitive against a 20 year old. But like look at all the time and effort and the and the accumulation of skill that they've put and like and, and you know, dude, for all of my twenty year old guys that came to the gym, do you know? How, they they worshipped him. Cause they this guy was like old enough to be our grandfather, and he came in and took abuse every day. He didn't have to do that. He was rich. He's a retired thoracic surgeon. He could go sit on a golf cor- cart sit in the golf cart and drink bourbon all day if he wanted to. You know, but that's what he chose to do with his time, and, and, and that was his passion. Did he stay training
0: with you till you moved, or? Was he doing now?
1: Yeah, he did, um, and it reached a point where you know he got old enough, and his doctor was like, "Hey, man," because um, he had an episode after class. He got really dehydrated because he was he he was getting over being sick.
0: It's hard for older people to stay hydrated.
1: Well, and that's where, as an instructor, it's like you know. Because this thing is like, you know, hey, man, like, yeah, like, I want to I be an instructor and say, that like, I build world champions. And like, oh, my gosh, you better watch out for my students because they'll kill you. But at the same time, like, if I have somebody like that that's practicing later in life and, like, they have physical limitations, I want to create the same productive environment for them to learn and progress that this animal has to go and learn how to rip people apart, you know, because... In order for me to be successful, in order for the art to be successful, like it has to have, you know, that ability to be all those things.
0: I think about this stuff more and more. Like the longer I'm in the game, the bigger my school gets, the more we grow. Um, because it's uh, it's super relevant to factor in these people. Like when I see when I see videos on the internet about promotions of like older people, seventy plus, getting their black belts and stuff. It's like they're no different than that guy that you were just discussing. It's like they're they're coming in, and it's like th- we can't like I just not about de- denying or admitting that, like saying that, like okay, all belts have got to be this you, this man, integrity.
1: I had you know being a Taekwondo instructor early on, I was able to teach kids with a lot of challenges, and like you know. If you really want to be that sour son of a bitch that sits in front of somebody and is like, nah, you can't do that because of some of their some limitation they have. <laughs> you're so cool, dude. Sure, you go over there with with all your little friends in your corner, and you guys go be cool. You know, because I, well, I I want to do something else.
0: Yeah, it's gonna create it's gonna create issues and. Whatever those are, whether it's your your student that leaves or it's a, a a schism. But look, man, that's
1: what I was like. People in the general population do not want to be around that. We don't want. They don't want to mm-hmm. be around like a, a, a dozen alpha males that decide that you can't choke me, so you have no worth. Right, and, and so look, if if we want to be those alpha males that can sit around a pack of twelve of us and choke each other because we enjoy it. And like it, and you don't want to do that in a in a cold garage or somebody's shed out back on puzzle mats
0: yeah did I mean did that, did that, that's like, did, like when we started growing was when I started shifting to be like yeah you 12 people are cool and y'all ain't really going anywhere if I start catering to the other 80% did all, those people, did
1: those, all 12 of those people do they pay you
0: no no
1: <laughs> Man, Brian, you're the greatest ever, man! You, right? And it's like I just can't afford it. Or like or, you know, it, it, and that's the thing is, it's like is it is like you know, even if they are your great friends and even whatever, it's not sustainable, right? And like how? And here's another thing that shout out Eddie Thomas, I love that dude, man. He told me he's like, if you're the greatest instructor in the world. And you teach five students, what's the probability of anyone know how great your teaching is instead like you can you can expand the scope of your teaching so that like you as the instructor like instead of you're saying nah like I only I can I only teach this group of people because they are worthy like well maybe they all die, you know or whatever you know. Versus you, you as an instructor, you know, the challenge being on you as the instructor to, to broaden your ability to reach people. And then, you know, you reach 500 people, right? And, and because you don't know, man. You don't know. Like, you don't know who's going to be a black belt. I did not get my first Taekwondo black belt because I was not aggressive enough. Right, like I have never been accused of not being aggressive enough, but that was that was who I was when I started martial arts, you know, and and so I just, you know, I think you kind of have to allow for some growth there. Do
0: you, you feel like you've toned toned down a lot over time, just since you got your black belt? When I got, got my black
1: general? belt. I got soft. I remember Eric Ingram r- rolled with me immediately after I got my black belt, and he looked so disappointed, or he thought I was hurt. But I was just like.
0: I made it. Pressure's off.
1: Nah, because, okay. I don't know, man. I think subconsciously, honestly, when I'm being honest with myself, being honest with you, I look at myself and I'm like, man, I was just, I'm trying. I want to tap everybody on every role so I can show that I'm better so that somebody will notice me and I'll get my black belt. You know? And, and, and. I got my black belt. And I was like, well, I don't have to do that anymore. And, and so it's like, wow, like I, if I don't do that and I just kind of relax, like I can get caught with this stuff because I don't really know that very well,
0: bro. This mindset's never going to get you to first degree.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
1: No, but, but, but you know, and, and and then, you know, okay. So I started opening up a little bit and that kind of, it kind of like softened my aggression. And then I started realizing how little physical energy it actually takes to move people because so for so often i've been like ah! you know i'm going to move you like with everything i got instead like sometimes i'll notice like i'll just like put my palm on the back and just kind of and like their whole body will shift and i yeah. think you know maybe they're programmed to do that or whatever but at the same time it's like you know there's so much more skill towards uh threading the needle so to speak rather than, you know, just trying to beat everything with a hammer. And so, you know, that's kind of been, I've been really trying to sharpen my timing and rhythm. And once my objective, for instance, especially when I roll with lower ranks, if I'm not practicing defense, and if I am practicing defense now, I'm much more open to tapping than I was, like, immediately before getting my black belt. Like, so now, like, lower ranks like they they got me in arm bars and leg locks and stuff and I just kind of let it go because like I want to see like at the end of that arm bar can I still try to escape yeah you know um, and in doing that like I've just kind of you know comes like another type of confidence and another type of dimension to your game that like you know you you never really
0: you didn't develop yeah absolutely like I remember this was a subtle thing like I remember one time like I had somebody in an arm bar or wear a Kimura and I was like like you know, like pulling on it, you know, like it just had tension. And then I relaxed and then they relaxed and then I easily popped their arm out and then I was like Oh, I'm never gonna tense up on a sub again. well like I mean I do, but if it's not there i I just was like it's stupid to keep pulling when it's not there. And so that's kind of what I was getting at It's like you know when
1: I roll with lower ranks like if I'm if I'm still being offensive and I'm not being defensive like i my goal is like okay, I get an arm bar and then they spend the rest of the time defending and like there is no end to the to the attack, right And like you know because being able to do that like chain it together and stay in control. And such in a way that you don't have to physically force a finish because there's so much technique contained in that struggle, right? Like you go for an arm bar and like you latch onto it and yeah, you can hug that thing and rip on it and finish it. But if you allow them to bend their arm and do a hitchhiker escape, that's going to challenge you to do uh, you know 50,000 other things that can come out of that exchange that then sharpen your jujitsu in another direction that you're not gonna get if your answer is simply no, like just sit on top of it, grab it and squeeze. Because I try you will run into someone that's good enough that you can't you can't do that to.
0: Yeah. You know? A lot. Yeah. 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 Well dude I'm gonna let's go ahead and wrap it up. Absolutely. If that's cool. We're we're about two forty chorus wa- is, is texting me Holy not God. saying she's not saying she's making me turn this podcast off because i do what i want you know Man, i go with my own life
1: we didn't get to talk about the universe or expanding the simulation theory or, or, none of that uh you know multiverse you string know, theory well you know multidimensional beings
0: uh inter interdimensional
1: interdimensional traveling you know like a fifth dimensional being knows to all things past present and future i guess right
0: there's a omni everything because
1: they can walk through time like we walk through the hallway or something
0: like that you ever watch the the watchman like dr manhattan's character that's like one of the most fascinating characters i love that movie well that's why i love
1: comic books right is because they introduce all types of things within like quantum theory that become like practical, you know, introspection, you know, because it's like, oh, isn't that interesting? Like,
0: like that's how we're going to invent teleportation. Like somebody was saying, like the original Star Trek series. That's the only thing that hasn't been invented.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, entanglement is proven. I don't know, man. I have some some odd theories on reality, but. You know, I kind of think that physical separation between objects that we experience is just a perception.
0: Uh, I'll elaborate on that real quick. So, like, um, you and I have
1: a physical space that separates us, correct? Yeah. But we, as, you know, Drawings or paintings, or like we're on the same piece of paper. Yeah, yeah. So in that way, like we're, we're we're still on the same piece of paper. Like we're really like the same thing. Like the physical separation that you and I perceive is more of a perception than we realize. Because I feel like our existence is is really. I don't know. I don't know how to.
0: I, here's something that kind of like Koros who turned me on I said I have 27 hours philosophy I haven't had my philosophy professor on here yet but I, when I do I'll send you and the link I'm but, sorry
1: I don't mean to interrupt you but do you know how like uh, do you know how like uh, you know shadows are formed and like you look at a shadow so I kind of think that's kind of how like the projection of our reality is like how, we, we might just be like this like little tiny blob and you know uh, so we're like the uh, the substrate and then, like, the energy that acts on that substrate projects a shadow, which we experience as reality. So it's like this three-dimensional shadow, that, which is our perception. And we have this perception of, like, physical
0: space within the infinite, which is... Which is... Would even would physical space even exist in that? Maybe and, and could we comprehend it if so?
1: Isn't zero the infinite or something?
0: I don't know. You know it's really... Weird. Well, here's, here's something with this. It's like... <clears throat> Could I even perceive space in the way that you just described it? Or could any two people? Because here's the thing. There's as many Josh's that exist as people that have met you. So that's another thing I like the multiverse is like everyone that's ever perceived you that's ever experienced you in any capacity did not experience it in the same way as another perceiver. So she and I are perceiving you in two totally different ways at this very moment. And everybody that's ever met you perceived you in a different way. So there's that many versions of yourself that exist.
1: Well, that's just like, you know, based strictly in
0: consciousness,
1: Right, and that kind of goes back to the question, of like, are you the same person when you wake up in the morning as when you went to sleep last night?
0: Where, every, where, where were you when you were asleep
1: last everybody night? Would, everybody would think. say, well, like, yeah, of course, like, I'm the same person. And it's like, well, then why do you change over time? Like, every time you wake up and you reboot, are you sure you're the same person?
0: Or in the same place you fell asleep, Because the it, same verse.
1: Not, and I don't even mean that, like, hypothetically. I mean, like, you know, seriously, like, physiologically. Like, how does your brain change over time? Like, are you, when we think of ourselves like in the past, like, oh no, I am this person. This is who I yeah, am. I don't yeah. ever do that. I am this. Are you sure about that? Because a lot of what I think people they use to define themselves is just filler. And, and when you really examine, it's like, well, do you really do that? It's like, you know, and then that, that's kind of goes back to what I talked about in the beginning of like that disassociation from I, because all those things you identify with they are speed bumps like they are they're barriers between you and what you're trying to achieve that you have you know they slow you down from like reaching the truth because like you know they they're they're like your emotional anchors to like pull you back down to your lower self right like hey man it's time to go to train tonight and like work on your path to enlightenment man but the guys are going out eating potato chips and at Buffalo Wild Wings I, right, bro, I guess you weren't meant to be enlightened then. Like,
0: go for it. That's something else that always fascinated me. It's like, what makes people choose to stop going to eat potato chips with the boys and, and choose a path to enlightenment? Like, I've, I've pulled a bunch of people on this, and everybody gives different explanations, but it's, it's fascinating to, to, to know and study and examine what the impotence to change is in people.
1: I don't I, I thought that was really interesting when I experienced jiu-jitsu for the first time because I was immediately like, I, I have to learn this so I don't die. Yeah. And, and all the other karate guys I trained with, it was like they were like, "Oh well, I would never be taken down to the ground so and then they just had such a resistance and I never understood it. I was like, what are you talking about? Like I could take you down and choke you right now. I've been doing this class six months." Like you know what I mean, like, and and it was just and I never understood that, but I think that's just human nature, and 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 and, the, and 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 as a modern day entrepreneur and martial arts instructor, that's our response. That's how we have to diversify and like develop that dimension of our skill is to is to learn how to break down those defenses, those guards that people have psychologically and how to weave our psychological arm bars into their brain. And footlocks, if you're Jason Ron. Psychological footlocks. Brain ninjas,
0: man. Psychlocks psych The, 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 the you, Did you see the meme earlier they were talking about the foot Kimor? <sighs> I it, was, it was about. hilarious. It's like some white belt. But I'm thing.
1: horrible about that, you know, because like I know I don't I'm a black belt. I don't know what any of the names for any of the techniques are. So like I and I constantly make up names for techniques.
0: Oh, I do, too. I do, too. And, uh, and well, and mine's like I typically try and lean towards things that are more like metaphorical or yeah. conceptual like, it's like chasing a bunny rabbit. Are or you ever or, seen that movie Aliens when the alien
1: gets sucked out through the window? Yeah, it's like that.
0: Obscure cultural reference. <laughs>
1: so. I always laugh in, in class when I'm telling people things like that, and no one else laughs.
0: So. Oh, dude, it happens to me because I lecture and teach so much. Dude, I, I run into audiences that never seen Mr., Mrs. Doubtfire, and I drop a Mrs. Doubtfire reference on them, and then I, I they're then way I, too young. Yeah. 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 What do you do? Well, right on, bro. Well, once again, thanks for coming by, Thank man. you, sir. Uh, we'll have to do this again Absolutely. on down the road. Uh, I'm sure that we'll We'll be- talk
1: about enlightenment as the first matter of subject next time.
0: The, the movement which existed from 1715 to 1789 in Europe or the concept in philosophy?
1: I'm talking about right now.
0: All right. What is enlightenment right now? Wait, that's a, that would be a fascinating topic <laughs> be, but being, being in the present or how, not, how, our, fo- how our, I don't concept, think, I don't think I'm following your academic
1: subject matter, but y- yes. that was, I mustered the best answer I could there.
0: Well, the, like uh, I just had a guest on the other day. He said this phrase, we are children of the enlightenment. And he was talking about the movement in 1715, 1789 Europe. Well, hey, man, I, you know, I, I just think it's about,
1: like, you know, realizing that you can break the chains.
0: Well, yeah. And, I mean, consciousness, I think the living consciousness has shifted a lot due to that movement.
1: Oh, man, I can't wait to get artificial intelligence consciousness. I want all of the
0: artificial consciousness. you seen Black Mirror? Some of them. The ones that deal with AI and, like, chips in the brain and stuff really freak me out
1: bro if they give me CRISPR genetic engineering and uh and i get some genetic enhancements you better not you better not roll with me man because i'm gonna
0: like i I know man like you need any more work i'm gonna be a force yeah well dude signing off thank you for listening ladies and gentlemen we'll see you next time